It is a Sunday evening, which means your boys are back to talk about their weeks, to talk about wrestling, to talk about their guffs, to talk about their lives. It's the Chair Shop Podcast, boys. It's a very cozy edition of the Chair Shop Podcast coming to you this week. I'm sitting here, and underneath this uh, somewhat stylish Red Dead Redemption hoodie, I am wearing my jammies. It's a jammy cast this evening. Um, so I'm jammied up. Joe, Joe's got a hot water bottle going. He's clutching um, it like a newborn baby. My little baby. He's holding it like Norman Reedus in popular video game Death Stranding holds the little BB close yeah. to his chest. Um, uh, it's his connection to the other world, the world of warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all But I have, I, I'll, I'll call my new DVD copy of On Colleen Kuhn. Oh! Picked up. Oh. oh. Excellent. Physical that's, media. That's the quiet girl for you folks uh, outside of Ireland. Yeah, for those of you for those of you looking at the Oscar, Oscar nominated, list, the Oscar list going, what's that? What do those words say? What's that? Yeah, Paul, they're supporting our, our burgeoning film industry. How about that? Supporting the Irish Support, film boys. Yeah, it is. It is funny that when all those nominations came out, there was lots of articles saying, "Okay, we got loads of Oscars this year. Please invest money in our little island and our little. <laughs> we can do good films. Please spend money here." Yeah. Uh, now, now yeah. I will say, on Colleen Kuhn. Uh, is not in the list of films that I actually have to watch for the Oscars. I don't typically You don't watch. do international films. I don't yeah. do international films. I think it might have got an editing. I'm not sure. I, th- I think it got wrong. some other other ones, yeah. Yeah, it's not on my list, but I saw it in Teske mm. for uh, 10 Europeans. And I said, you know what? I'll go for it. I do want to watch it anyway. So it was a good little pickup. That is so that's a good that's a that's a good get. We uh, did we talk about the was the, nomin- the nominations hadn't happened by our last show had they? No, they haven't. So I guess I guess you know if, uh, listeners, regular listeners will 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 know what to expect. But uh, if you are if you are new, you can look forward to Paul running through the uh, the Oscar films. Have you, I feel like looking at the list. Have you seen a decent amount of them already this year? I feel like I had actually seen a decent amount of them this year for a change. Mm, yes, yes, and no. Um, I feel like this year there's more crossover than there typically is. In terms of, you know, some some films are just are just nominated for five, six, seven awards. Yeah, it, it did feel like there was about three films released when they put out those those nominations. Yeah. Um, so no, I do have I do have seventeen to watch, which isn't too far outside the ballpark of of what I normally have. Um, I'll run through the the list quickly. Obviously, I've seen your your Avatar twos. I've seen your Elvis. I've seen your Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I have not seen. All Quiet on the Western Front, which is on Me Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's be a nice, easy one. Uh, I've still not seen The Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, get on Dis- that now. Disney Plus. That'll be, that'll be shortly. On. Uh, the Fablemans, uh, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking, The Whale, After Sun, Living, which Joe has championed on this mm-hmm. little motherfucker right here. Um, Blonde on Netflix. Look forward to uh, 166 Minutes of Misery. Uh, to Leslie, Causeway, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Ooh Baby, Can I Not Wait to Get My Claws into Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus on uh, Wednesday, I think it is. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, if there was ever a film that I would just like, skip and say look i know i do this but look i'm not okay black panther wakanda forever isn't really really low on the priority list but it will be watched in line with my own self-inflicted rules 
Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what really surprised me on when the, I think it was a fairly predictable list of of predictions of, of um, nominations, but no, nothing left field at all. I, I would say, except for Blonde. Uh, other than Anna de Armas, I don't know anyone who likes that film. Like, well, that, I, of of the nine awards that I watched, that's the only nomination it got. Was for yeah, best actress for her. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. fair enough. I suppose she uh, played yeah. a real person and she suffered, so that's true. Yeah, automatically yeah. get the nomination. Yeah, and and that, that, you, that's one of the 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 fallacies of the Oscars is that you you would think that every film which is Oscar nominated is good. But obviously, based on the list I read out, not necessarily. Yeah, this is quite this is quite a year for uh, popular films getting nominated. You got Top Gun, you got Avatar. Um, I I was slightly I felt not that I invest no actual stock in the Oscars, but felt slightly vindicated that Batman got like sound and that was about it and makeup and I was like yeah yeah yeah. Why would he get anything? I mean, it's just but this but this that's my point. Is like people try to act like it's this generational film, so and that was the whole reason I went back and rewatched it. I was like, okay, what are these people seeing in this film? Pop in the disc. Let's have a film. Nice. This is great. And I just did not get it. I just did not get it. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't actually expect it to, to get nominated anyway. But um, you know, Black Panther got nominated. So yeah. no, and I really like Batman. But I, I I agree. I think the closest we get would maybe be like a Colin Farrell for Best Supporting, and he got Oscar nominated anyway for another movie. So for like yeah, infinitely. Yeah, I the the one film I'm like the one sort of prestige posh Oscar nominated film that I. I kind of feel like I have to force myself to watch is I like really don't want to watch the whale, but it's being so talked about that. I feel like I kind of want to see it just so I can kind of say, I thought I I'm getting, I'm a little kind of over the, the, uh, not only the, the gigantic fat suit, but also the, the <laughs> gigantic fat suit. So I can make a film about how, you know, they may like pies, but they're actually nice people. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you could have gotten an actual fat lad if you wanted to make that kind of not uh, that, not that big. <laughs> I mean, like, I, when it comes to the whale, I'm going to reserve judgment t- until I see it. It's, uh, totally, yeah. No, I'm not. I, it's just uh, based on the trailers. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It looks like it's laying it on a bit thick, but I do and, like. And to be fair, to be fair, good one. Um, I like. I've liked all all of Darren Aronofsky's films, which I've seen. Even the ones that got kind of middling reviews, I, I I like them all. I haven't seen Noah. That's maybe the only one. But. Loved Mother, for example. Mother! Oh. Um, yeah, so we'll have, um, we'll have Oscar... Um, uh, takes in the in the coming weeks. I'm a little bit sorry. I'm a little bit distracted here. I've got our doc open, our word doc, um, with the with the rundown of the show, and I flicked over to another tab here, and I just seen that. Uh, 24 star and the original Tess in the video game Last of Us, Annie Wershing died. Um, I don't know what happened there. She was in her like 40s. That's horrible. Anyway, sorry for that. That's just that really caught me off guard. Um, so that's very sad. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so that was the Oscars. Uh, what else we got? Did I do the intros? Did I say hello? I did say hello to everyone because Joe had his water bottle and, and Paul had his, yeah. co- his, his copy of On Colleen Kuhn keeping him warm <laughs> uh, uh, this this Sunday evening. Yes, anyway, uh, that's the Oscar noms. That will be coming up in the next few weeks of yeah. uh, Film Guff. Uh, I watched one this week, which is... Uh, that's coming up. Coming up later. Um, I unintentionally watched one. It was just a film I wanted to see, but it is also nominated for various things. Um, 
Yeah. So what else we got going on? Pretty quiet week in the Barry house this week. I don't really have much news or guffs to talk about beyond the the, the movies and the games and the wrestling. Uh, what about you boys? What have you boys been up to? Uh, I was back in the office for the first time in three <laughs> years. So I've been working remotely since February 2020, mm. which let me tell you, the novelty was so nice of no more commute. Get up and just oh, five minutes before work starts. Check. Is anybody ask me anything? No. Oh, maybe I'll look the other way for a few more minutes before I actually get up and work. But I, you know, eventually got tired of just being in the house all the time. I know, Barry, you had the thing with your room where you're kind of sick of being in, in the room the whole time. Right. So I did ask if it would be possible to work sometimes in the office. And it's, it's a great situation because it's really up to me when I go in or when I don't go in, I don't have any kind of schedule. You know, it's, it's, it's I'll be going in tomorrow, for example, because there's something I want to do in the office specifically. But on days where I don't feel like I'll just stay home or days where I don't feel like working from home, I'll just head into the office in the middle of the day or it's, it's really, really open. The office where I work has anyway a flexi desk. So no one has assigned desk. You just go in and plunk yourself down and there's a big 35-inch screen there and you just plug yourself in and start working. So it's nice. Uh, and ooh baby the canteen foods was very nice too so big thumbs up to the, the what folks. you get what was the what was the what was the big comeback meal um well no i i only did uh breakfast the first day okay and i don't know what it is about you know you know the way you have your, your little house toaster but nothing does toast as well as the big industrial kitchen toasters the the what, what how would you describe it the yeah, the little conveyor mill, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. 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 Conveyor grill. I don't know what it is. I, lo- I love it. And I got a big fat sausage as well. Because like, toast is- oh, 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 did you? Oh, hang on. No, let's do some innuendo about this. Um, <laughs> no, that's not actually. Uh, go on. Do you think, by the way, on the toaster, do they make uh, consumer grade versions? I imagine there you of? could get one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's called a grill. Barry, you just. Oh, okay. Go on. Turn okay. your grill on in the oven. Pop, poppy bread under till toasty. Turn over halfway. <laughs> equals delicious uh, toast because toasters yeah. don't gr- toast the whole square that's the problem they only really toast the middle and then get a little bit of the edge so you need to yeah. put your grill on bread under the grill yeah. Ooh, lovely even crunchy toast okay i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up later and see if there's like a youtube tutorial see, that's the something. thing is is i don't like my toast to be too crunchy almost i, I like a, a, an element of softness to it but not not as soft as bread obviously <laughs> well then it would just be bread You've not Precisely. turned toaster on. Well, no, there's 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 a couple of different elements of toast that need to be correct. So so softness versus hardness, you need to have the right balance there. Not soft enough that you know when you're spreading your your um, butter on it that it's just permeating the yeah. surface and just it's just a, a mushy mess. But not hard enough that you're basically eating a cracker. You know. Um, also, coloration very important caramelization of the outside of the the bread um and also how long you're standing there with your thumb up your hole waiting for it to come out so all these things are very important now i have a pet peeve though which i've already in the two days that i've been back noticed which is that the office toaster people can't help but fuck around with the settings on it yeah yeah leave it alone stop it because i put you know, it takes a long time for it to, not a long time, but it takes a while for it to go through the little conveyor, pop out the bottom, 
And I did. I put two slices in, and they came out, and it was just bread still. Ah, people touch the thing again. But anyway, that was that was a big thing. It was that was a big thing in our office pre-COVID, and then it was one. Of, it was like this, the the sheen of seeing everyone and socializing, and oh, get, see, that's great. That was gone when you went down to the canteen, and the fucking toaster was fucked with, and and your bread was coming out <laughs> floppy and raw. Also, this week on a similar kind of note, um, pre-COVID there was big climate wars in in the office because oh, yeah. uh, I, wor- I, I work in a customer service team with people from across Europe, and so they're all from very different climates, and so we all have very different definitions of what's too hot and too cold. And then that was back with the vengeance this week when, on top of the air conditioning, the office has brought in uh, a big, massive industrial fan, like it's a standalone thing. It looks like the type of thing they'd use in Jackass to send someone flying off with a with a with a parachute on their back. Um, and it's right; it's literally right next to me. So when someone comes over and is like, "Oh, it's too hot," and they they're like, "I'm going to turn down," they turn on this thing next to me, and it goes. It's like so comically loud it's like it's like am i being pranked am i on a hidden camera show that you've put this right next to me you know in a, a job where i take phone calls all day and that's and that's what you've done so um that and the toaster uh the good old those are the real office politics you have to be aware of yeah so it's nice to be back in the office we talked about the oscar nomination as well oh my 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 brother had a little bit of bother yesterday he was um he was out on the uh on the on the on the gargle um for what his friends was was having a party or something and ooh, the old muggeroo came mm. along um so i was watching war rumble on my own i was expecting him to show up at some point and he didn't and then he came in much later and he was all cut up and stuff Shit. and apparently yeah apparently he got the old uh i'll be having i'll be having your wallet and phone please. jesus now allegedly and I, uh, based on the the big swelling on his head, I'm I'm inclined to believe this. Uh, and this, this 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 is kind of in line with past stories of the 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 infamous water pistol and etc. Right, mm. right, okay. Appar- apparently, what he did was uh, headbutted this mugger into unconsciousness. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> and scarpered out of there. And um, now he didn't get his phone and that back. He just he just kind of got out of there as, as quick as possible. But uh, is he is he a wild Samoan? Is he is he is he like was he is he is he Umaga? <laughs> yeah, is he a coup? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know, but I, I was I was you know uh, first thing is just happy happy you're safe. You know that's that's the most of course, important yeah. thing. Yeah. Everything everything's replaceable except yourself. You know. Yes, absolutely. That's a, that's the perfect outlook on life. Absolutely, um, and then he and then he got to watch the lovely Royal Rumble this morning, so he came back and watched that's it. True. So that's uh, pretty much everything that's been going on here. Um, I have another little pet peeve though, which I'll, which is hyper specific to my household. I have my my lovely uh, Inside the Ropes magazine here. Oh, very Inside nice. Oh, yeah, 50. we haven't we haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah, no, yeah. the spiritual successor to the PS Fifty, Joe. Obviously, you recall. Um, but one thing I hate is people who leave uh, water driplets on the kitchen tables because oh no, I don't know if you guys can actually see this, oh no, is all oh, bent no. destroyed so because cool. someone left some water and didn't clean it, and I put it down and it got all. That's annoying. You can even see on little Cody here; he's a little bit uh, caught up there, looking at on his shoulder. Oh, Terrible. That's a shame. That's a shame. But that's all. That's happened with no. me. When I when I saw uh, Brother Bother 
in the rundown, I thought it was going to be about Hulk Hogan <laughs> being on the toilet and not having a <laughs> left. I love that he deleted the tweets. Why did he delete the tweets? <laughs> he deletes no, he didn't delete all the other ones, you know, all the, the no, other ridiculous no. tweets. All the other ridiculous there. things. Um, yeah, sadly, sadly not that. Um, yeah, we had a lovely, lovely few days. It was Michelle's birthday on, on Thursday. So we went out for a little bit of a little bit of steak and chips, uh, one of our favourite steakhouses in London. So that was very nice. And then we went to a comedy show afterwards. So we were out until 11 on a Thursday. Can you believe it? Oh, look at this guy. Our big old age, out, uptown, at 11 on Thursday, watching a comedy show. Uh, we saw Patty Harrison, who we've seen a couple of times before. She's a very funny American comedian. Um, quite sort of surreal, avant-garde, kind of uh, dark humour. Very, very funny. Um, only thing was she brought out a friend of her. So she came out, did a sort of five, ten minute introduction. Then she said, I'm going to bring out a friend of mine who's, who's with me as a stand-up. She's going to come out and, and do, a, do a show. And this woman came out and did possibly the worst ten minutes of stand-up oh, no. I've ever heard in my life. It was like, so who here likes to fuck? You know, oh, no, no. And she was talking talking to sort of members of the audience. He was like, "So listen, uh, I can't remember his name, John. This is John. Um, so John, if you had to fuck your father in law or your mother in law, who are you fucking?" And and you know, this is oh, just such cringeworthy. I'm sat there saying, "If you if she says anything to me, I'm just going to say the fuck off. Or I'm just not going to say anything." But luckily, it was only it wasn't very long, and then she went off, and Patty came on back on. It was very funny, but I don't like that. I've never heard, I've never seen that before. Of like someone bringing out another stand-up during their set. I, I, look, I've paid me ticket to see you. Don't what be was pretty- the context? Did she say I'm doing a? I'm subverting the idea of an opening act and I'm bringing I, it out now or something? I, know, or? I, I guess it was like a support act, but um, I don't know. It hadn't been advertised, but yeah. Anyway, but it was a great show. Otherwise, um, yeah. And then today we had a, a very nice day out. Went to back-to-back cinema um, screenings, two films to review later on. Mm. Uh, we saw two quite long films, actually. We saw uh, uh, Tar and uh, The Fablemans. So we'll review those later. Also made some very nice purchases. So we have the aforementioned um, hot water bottle, which I'll be trying mm-hmm. to get one because it's been like zero degrees, zero to five degrees for the last month or whatever. So I've been desperately needing a, a hot water bottle. Um, so got that. Got some nice socks, got a few other things. And also made my first purchase in God knows how long, probably 10 years of a little magazine, Inside the Ropes, uh, issue 29. Um, so I don't this, have that one yet. I've, I'm only on issue... That's the 28, right? 28, the, yeah. yeah. This is the new so one. I, I have the uh, subscription sent to my house. Oh, okay. Which is obviously Good. cheaper for me to buy it over here. Okay. Hey, you're a convert. Great. I saw... I thought what? I said, are you a convert now? Give us your thoughts. Um, well, I saw it. I saw it tweeted, and I um, because it has the year in review and the alternative year end awards. I thought it'd be a good addition to pick up, mm. um, just to see sort of what they thought. But it is strange because essentially, I know we've talked about it before, but it's basically Power Slam magazine reincarnated, and they've even recently changed like the header to look exactly like the old Power Slam one. It's just. Why don't they just call it Power Slam? I don't know if there's like a contractual thing with that or a legal thing, but probably. Um, probably. Is, and, and all the formats inside are exactly the same. So it's very, very funny reading like the, um, the kind of what's it called? What's going down, which is yeah. like the news bit. And I haven't read Finn Martin's um, 
writing in for like 10 years but reading it i'm flat getting a flashbacks to being you know like 15 16 yeah. in that kind of style he writes in it's very very funny so I'm, i've only read the first couple of pages but looking forward to, to giving that a good read so yes that was it it's a very um very exciting weekend very good yeah. good stuff yeah Alrighty. um now listeners i have some good news for you a lot of bad news lately in the world. A lot of things getting you down. But, I mean, we heard we heard the feedback on last week's show. I mean, it was overwhelming. The P.O. box was overflowing. Um, uh, we're, we're banned from the post office now uh, for that. Um, but your feedback has been taken on, and I can confirm that there is a returning quiz this week. Last week's smashing debut uh, yeah. uh, has wrought a sequel. And I'll, I'll throw over to Paul from, from there. Yeah. So... Last week, we debuted our new quiz, Oli Anderson L. Kanek. Yeah. Oli, no. Oli Kanek, based, based off Only Connect, a BBC quiz. We're going to, we're going to rebrand it today because uh, I came up with a better pun name, <laughs> basically. Uh, so the quiz is now called Oni Lore Connect. Oni Lorkin. Oni Lore Connect. That's uh, okay. I would. Oh, it's not good. Um, I would say it's better than the last one, the previous. Yeah. Well, you know, baby steps. It's a step up. Only lore connect. Yeah, it's not bad. Not oh, bad. Only lore connect and lore in parentheses. So maybe it works better written down. But anyway, same rules as last time, guys. We have eight categories. Uh, four items per category. There's some mysterious unifying factor for all four that might become more apparent the more uh, get given out. You each get a guess on each with one person getting the first guess. Obviously, is whoever's the person that chose that category. Yeah. We have the, uh, the the guitar pick to flip the coin. We have the of tur- course, yes. The little turtle side and the, uh, the blank have side. Have we ever used a fucking coin no. in 10 or 11 years of this podcast? I feel like it's always no. a book or an imaginary one in my head. That's because I threw them all in the, in the trash. I, I Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're, I, the, Do you want to call it, Barry? Okay, I will say heads. It is heads. Excellent. Right, would you like to go first? I'll go first. Yeah. Okay, you've got categories one through eight. Uh, I will. I will start with number one. Start at the beginning. Start with number one, Chris Jericho. <sighs> I mean, it's never anything super obvious, so I will say. So it's not going to be like AEW champions, although maybe it could be. Um, people who wrestled on the first double or nothing that are still in AEW. It's not correct, Joe. Okay. Um, people that have held world titles in multiple companies. Good guess. It's not right. Number two for you, Barry. It's Kane. Oof. Uh, Jericho. Uh, people on certain donor lists. Um, <laughs> um, God. I have no idea at all. Um, uh, people who've held more than who've held tag team championships with multiple partners. No, no, Joe. Um, Jericho and Um, both uh, both won the Intercontinental no. title. Wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> as soon as one came out, yeah. <laughs> no, was I joking? No, it, it's not correct. Um, Sasha Banks. <sighs> Jesus. Um. Chris Jericho, Kane, and Sasha Banks. What links them? Wrestlers with acting credits. It's a good guess, but it's not right, Joe. Um, they all had fathers who were professional athletes. I don't know if that's true for Kane. I don't think it is. But, um. <laughs> Last one, number four. Will this be the key that locks the door, Barry? Gunther. Um, I don't think it will be. Jericho, uh, Kane, Sasha Banks, Gunther. Uh, people who've changed their names throughout their career? I don't know. No, it's not. Joe, do you have a guess? Jericho... Kane, Sasha Banks, Wunta. Um, no, all no, all character names in Friends. No, I'll give you a, a, a <laughs> I'll give you a bonus clue, and whoever shouts it out will get it. We'll get the bonus points, right? Okay. This is only true after last night. Uh. Chris Jericho, Kane, Sasha Banks, Gunther. On an Sixty hour minutes in a row, Royal Rumble. It's it's not it's not gone sixty minutes in a row. Uh, Rumble, okay, right. I entered number one and lost. It's not that. Entered number one and right there at the end. You're very very close, guys. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, there's uh, a, a specific statistic that all of these satisfy. They oh, were uh, Iron Man who lost. That's correct, Barry. They're they're Royal Rumble Iron Man women. They they all spent the longest amount of time in their respective roles. Okay. okay, one point for Barry. Okay, Joe, you've got two through eight. Uh, two, two. Diamond Dallas Page. Mm. Something to do with diamonds. Uh, Barry. <laughs> Something. Um, uh, debuted in their 30s. It's not correct. Uh, not Vince correct. McMahon. Um, uh, they've all been unmasked as mysterious people. Diddlers. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> As, as mysterious figures, mystery figures. On no, it's a, it's a good guess. It's a very good guess. Was that right, Barry? Do you have a guess? Um, give me, uh, so DDP uh, and Vince. Okay. Um, again, this is. I, I don't. I'll just take say this just to give a punt. Feuded with the under. Had pay per view matches with the Undertaker. No, very good guess, but all right. And you'll see why now for this next one. That should have should have satisfied, but for some reason they fucked it and they didn't. Number three, Joe, Sting. DDP, Vince McMahon, Sting. Um, 
uh, all had their last WWE match of the Survivor Series. I don't know if that's true, uh, uh, but it's, it's it's not it's not correct. It's all right, Vince, Vince wrestled at WrestleMania. Vince wrestled WrestleMania. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah this right. past WrestleMania. In fact. Uh, he'll be back for the next one. Don't worry. Very um, DDP Vince McMahon stink. Hmm. Um. I have no idea. Um. Uh, I, I don't even know if this is true, but I'll take a guess that they all uh, vacated world titles. No. Last one, Joe. May Young, Diamond Dallas Page, Vince McMahon, Sting, May Young. It's got, it's got to be something about being old as fuck. Oh. oh. Wait, was Rumble? They've all wrestled at the Royal Rumble. After the age of sixty, no, I think that'd be too specific for me to give you. As if if that was the real answer, you'd be complaining. No, sorry, it's not right. Very um, Diamond Dallas Page, Vince McMahon, Sting, May Young. I'll, I'll go on a similar track to to Joe. They're the. Uh, no, actually, no. That's not even right. I was going to say that the it's it's uh, it's. Okay, I won't give any clues. No, don't give don't give a hint. Uh, it's it's the they're the top uh, they're the top oldest pay per view performers in WWE history or something. No, 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 no. No, the, what I was about to say, but you know, it wouldn't be fair if I said it for you or not, Joe. Is is it's not some hyper specific um, right. statistic. It's it, it's a pretty general thing. I will say uh, as your as your clue for this round. It's it's to do with you're you're correct. It's to, to do with their age, but as it pertains to one company. Okay. Diamond Dallas Page, Vince McMahon, Sting, May Young. Oh, they all wrestled for WWE for the first time after the age of fifty. Uh, yeah, in their fifties. After after the age of forty five, but it's oh, okay. exactly yeah, yeah, that's fair. You wrestlers who debuted in WWE uh, at an advanced age. Let's yeah. say. Oh, I was kind of close with my. You, you pretty, I was pretty close, close with your first guess, Barry. I think yeah. you said um, debuted in their thirties. Debuted in their thirties, yeah. generally. Yeah. But obviously, that's Steve, not right. Sting would have been much younger when he did, actually debuted. Okay, uh, that's one point each. Barry, back to you. Three through eight. Three through eight. Uh, I will go eight. Let's start at the back. Here. Eight. Okay. Will big show. Um, Chris Jericho tag team partners. No, good guess though. Big show, Joe. Um, has appeared in a Christmas movie. No, uh, Booker T. Um, um. WCW World Champions. No. Big Show Booker T. Mm. Joe. Big Show Booker T. Oh, pass. I can't. Sean Michaels. Big Show Booker T and Sean Michaels. 
uh, had comebacks in 2002. Oh. Can't give it to you. Oh, Joe, over to you. Um, uh, mm. Or had no, I've got no fucking idea. No, last one, Scott Hall. Oh, God. Um. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um. I feel like I was in the right ballpark. Scott Big Hall. Show. Big Show. Booker Big T. Show. Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall. Like it can't. Big Show had pay per view matches for the company in '01, so that's that one out. Um, fucking. Uh, I got to press uh, you. They, they were they were in the NWO 2002. That's the correct answer. They're in, they're in the WWE's version of the NWO. I don't know why. I don't know why it took me that long because I, I was when you said Shawn Michaels, I was actually thinking of giving that as a guess as well. Uh, uh, but for some reason, I went with had comebacks. I don't know why. Yeah, it's the, ex- it's the exact correct answer. Booker gonna, T. Big Show. Say Shawn that, Michaels. and then when you said 2002, that threw me off. I thought it was well, that, the, the NWO was only in uh, uh, 2002, yeah. so. Damn. It was. It was in that year. Was exactly right, but it wasn't comebacks, so I couldn't go. <laughs> Joe, you got three through seven. 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 Austin Theory. Careful here now. <laughs> Careful now. Um, had his first name reinstated. <laughs> it's a very good guess, but I can't give it to you. Over but, to Barry. Um, people who've lost the money in the bank cash in. No. Ooh, good one. Tommaso Ciampa. Joe. Um, NXT champions. No. Barry. <sighs> NXT. Um, Evolve superstars signed by WWE? No. Number three, Drew McIntyre. I'm still right. I'm still right. <laughs> you might be right for all four, but it's not what it's not what I got written down on okay. the card. Okay. Austin Theory, three, Tommaso Champa, Drew Trump. McIntyre. Um. Uh, oh. Tagged with Johnny Gogo now. No. Barry, any guess? Who was the most? Who was the newest guy? Drew McIntyre. Um, Austin Theory, Tommaso Ciampa, Drew McIntyre. All uh, they all had debuts as extras before they were signed. No, might be true, but no, probably. Uh, yeah. It won't be true of number four, Kevin Owens. Austin Theory, Tommaso Ciampa, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens. Um, 
No mm. idea. No I, idea. I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about Tommaso Ciampa, to be honest, apart from, time, <laughs> apart from what I just yeah. said. In, <laughs> yeah, well. That's where I'm struggling a bit. Okay. Uh, Barry, do you have any guess? Uh, they're all <laughs> Triple H era NXT projects. No. I'll give you the clue. Joe, you were very clear, close. in you're, you're right in the ballpark on your first guess when you guessed it was something to do with their names. Austin Theory, Tommaso Ciampa, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens. It's a name game. They're all named after previous WWE superstars. No, no. Their, their ring names are based off real people. Can't give it to you, but you're 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 even closer. It's specifically to do with one half of their name. Their surnames are inspired by people that know. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it was the fourth Austin Theory, Kevin Owens, Muscle Champa, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre no might be might be the key actually. That locks even. Oh, the real Drew first names. And fake ah, surnames. very yeah, good, very correct. Good. One very point good. for sure. Yeah, their first name—they have worked names, but their first name is their real first name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Drew Galloway, Drew Galloway, Kevin Steen, Tommaso mm-hmm. Whitney—I forget what Austin Theory's real name is, but it's Austin something. <laughs> Steve. Which is why, in a roundabout way, they probably had their first names removed. Joe, to your point from your first guess, they became Theory and yes. Champa. Yeah. Although not not McIntyre or Owens, really. Okay, levels it up. Three, four, five, six for Barry. I think we're, we've kind of we're getting into the easier ones now. I don't want to jinx it, but we've kind of hit the harder ones. Okay. What number do you want to go for? Uh, six. Six. Butch. 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 Um. OTT champions. I don't know. <laughs> so. um, people that wear flat caps. No. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Um, non American signees. Nope. Um, debuted on NXT UK. Good guess. Oh, very good guess. Very good guess. Liv Morgan. Um. God. Um. Morgan, Butch, Rhea Ripley. Um, uh, they've all competed in war games. No. So. Oh, good one. Um, they all made their Royal Rumble debut in the same year. And Dominic Mysterio is number four. Um, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Um, 
I got nothing. I have no idea. I have, I'll pass. I have nothing. Joe? What do they all have in common? They... <gasps> you don't know what... Oh, she's gone. Anyway. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio, Butch, Roy, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Uh, they've all... It's, it's it's actually very similar. I'm just now realizing, unfortunately. I didn't notice when I put in the quiz here. It's very very similar to another question we've already had. They were all in the NWO in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are all... There, the well, the the other question was Diamond Dallas Page, Vince McMahon, Sting, and May Young. Oh, they all made their debut under or early twenties or under twenty five. I'll give I'll give it to you. They, they, they're all they're all they're they're wrestlers on the WWE roster who are still in their twenties, of which oh, there okay. are they are few and far between. Let me tell you. Oh, okay. There's not too many of them around. Um, but the, yeah, that question's a bit too similar, so that's on me. Sorry about that. Uh, Joe, three, four, or five. Uh, four. Four, Jimmy Snuka. Um, <laughs> now be careful. <laughs> if you do want to throw an allegedly in there, let's see. Jimmy Snuka. Um, surname is a sport. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. One of the people present at the famous show where Jimmy Snooker jumped off the cage. <laughs> Along with like Mick Foley and Tommy Dreamer and, and uh, Don Morocco. Ric Flair, number two. People or opponents of the Undertaker streak. Very good. <laughs> ah, very good. I was going to guess that for song. Jimmy Snooker, but... I was genuinely... My next guess was genuinely going to be Dark Side of the Ring subjects. Oh, that's quite a good one. No, you would have had then Batista and Shawn Michaels. Okay. Yeah, Undertaker, WrestleMania streak opponents is correct. Uh, Barry, three or five? Uh, five. Five, The Miz. Uh, John Cena, WrestleMania opponents. No. Um, people that have tagged with their wife. Very good guess, not right. Very I'll give you a different a different fact about the Miz since it's not the correct answer for this one. The Miz hasn't eliminated somebody from the Royal Rumbles in, in a decade since 2012. Jesus, um, Summer Ray, Miz Summer Ray. Um, reality show stars. No, they were all no. They were both mentors on NXT. No, that's not right. That's a good one. Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, God. Um, the Miz Summer Ray. Oh, uh, Marine Stars. Two points for Barry. Ah, very good. Very good. Stars of I the Marine. I forgot she was, yeah, Summer Ray was, was in one of those. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so last one is for Joe. And then we tally up the scores. That's Joe, right. Samoa Joe. Um... Joe. 
um, lo- longest reigning world champion in a particular promotion. Okay, Very good. Isn't. That'd be a good one, though. Yeah, I should. I'll do that next time. <laughs> um, uh, five star match havers. No. Kurt Hennig. Um, oh, it's a tough one. Got to the nah, that's not true. A pass. Pass. Sorry. Um cause um I'm trying to think, is there a TNA connection? I can't think of one. Um Samojo, Kurt Hennig. Samojo and Kurt Hennig. Um No, it's not even true. Actually, uh, uh, Intercontinental Champions. I don't even think Joe had that. Val Venus. Hello, ladies. Ladies, um, I'm here. Val Venus, Samoa Joe, Kurt Hennig. Yeah. He's done a sharp and take a breath. Does he know it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, no, no idea. Barry? Uh, people who've gone through multiple repackagings? No. More specific than that. Taz is number four. Samojo, Kurt Hennig, Val Venus, Taz. I might. I think I might know, but I'm not, not certain. Um, is it they all? They had a move that had their name in. It's not. I'm afraid, Barry. Barry thinks he has a guess. I. I don't. I. This is based entirely on on Taz. Uh, people who had Royal Rumble debuts or returns. No, it's not. And this is actually this is the one I'm proudest of. So I'm really upset you haven't got it. Um, it's to do with uh, uh, an item that they they all use. Oh, oh towels! Oh. <laughs> guys, <Yeah>. towels. <laughs> Wrestlers with towels. Wrestlers with towels. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, okay, so we got Barry. One, two, three, four, five points. Oh, but. Joe with six points <sighs> just ekes out the victory second week in a row, just by a point. Just Joe going by, undefeated. I'm actually getting the Ric Flair uh, WrestleMania opponent. Yeah, answer. that put him over Ooh. the edge. Yeah, yeah. No, well done. Good performance by That's Joe. Another good. good week for the quiz. Yeah. That's Very a good one. Good. That is a good one. Well done, Paul, on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, we've no emails this week. That I'm aware of, uh, so we will soldier on to the wrestling, and we've got uh, some, you know, AEW television to talk about. But I guess I should ask: uh, Did anyone watch the Royal Rumble? I did not. Uh, I watched the Royal Rumble match, the men's Royal Rumble match. Okay, and then the f- final angle with the blood. 
the bloodlines. Yes, I saw that as well. That's, the, that's, that's actually all I saw. I saw the bloodline thing. Um, Skip the rest because it looks absolute pony. I saw a Twitter clip of the Mountain Dew match and I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I'm sure in another few months there'll be another podcast and or article full of Bray Wyatt finger pointing whose fault it, it was that the match was a hokey load of bollocks um, and not class like he really intended it to be. Um, what did you make of the Rumble? Well, let's, let me just say before we go on, I watched the whole show live. Oh, okay. Well, I asked, yeah. So, t- well, so- I'm a crazy, a crazy boy. Um, so I give you my thoughts on the whole show. Well, we can go through. We can go through it bit by bit. I don't know if there's any pre-show. I didn't. I, I no, no, no. Well, you you, you take us through because you watched the whole thing. So you you go. Okay. Well, we opened up with um, the most heartwarming moment of the show, which was we, we were welcomed. By uh, well, firstly, a video package featuring Hardy, who was not one of the famous wrestling brothers, but a a uh, oh a, yeah a rotund yeah. country music star. Who let me tell you, he had a performance during the show. Mm. Never have I hit the old mute button as quickly <laughs> as I did during that. Absolutely, uh, I couldn't tell you what the song sounded like or anything. I was paying attention to other stuff. Um, buh, 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 buh. so open the show. Michael Cole and Corey Graves welcome us. Pat McAfee's back, and you've never seen someone as happy as Michael Cole was here to have his 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 friend back. Uh, there was a hilarious moment where McAfee nearly fell off a chair, which is very funny. And then we got into the the men's Royal Rumble match, which was a very very long match, longer than the Royal Rumble typically goes. Mm. Nearly an hour fifteen, hour twenty, was it? Uh, yeah, I heard it was really long. Yeah, including like the the initial entrances. Let's say. Um, now, to be fair, I thought the Royal Rumble match was good. Um, I think there's lots of individual, individually, very good moments, but also there was a lot of uh, just the fact that battle royals are are, are a little bit boring. There weren't many really satisfying surprises there weren't any hardly any legends returning which um i mean they just had their their 30th anniversary of raw with the same old cobwebbed out uh, up legends that they wheel out every single time mm. but the match itself was i thought cromulent um i'll say come the end of it i thought the the, the cody Rhodes win all said and done I don't want to say under-delivered or underwhelmed a little bit, but it, I, I didn't feel coming out of the show, and that might be to do with the fact that Roman Reigns is, is otherwise occupied. I didn't feel coming out of the show that Cody has a, a huge groundswell or, of momentum behind them or or the crowd are really anxious for Cody yeah. to, to win the big one. Um, and there's, you know, part of me is kind of anxious that he might, might get the kind of the, the, the Daniel Bryan treatment of he's not who the fans ultimately really truly want to see dethrone Roman. And, mm. you know, as Cody had in AEW, is is that going to be a cause for some fan apathy or some turnabout on how he was being uh, accepted by the WWE? Maybe. Um, I, I was a bit surprised. Well, when he came out as well, I thought it would be, you know, John, bigger. C- John Cena 2008. 2008 or 2007? 2008, I think it was. Eight. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2008 pop. But 
obviously they'd already flagged he was coming out and I think everyone assumed he would be number 30. Like, it was just kind of everyone thought that would be Well, that, that's my nitpick. I, I, I hate that they rely so much on the crutch of the returning person is number 30. It didn't even make any sense in this in this case where they had already announced he was in. So why hold him back for yeah. number 30? It's very odd. I, I like They've done this a couple of times where they've announced a, a returning person is going to be in. And first of all, it spoils the surprise. But to, to give him a little bit of credit, I kind of understand the idea of, well, we want people to go and we want people to buy tickets and be excited and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But yeah, when you say he's co- a super popular guy is coming back and you put him in at 30 so everyone knows exactly when it removes the thrill of the 30 surprise, it removes the, mm. a lot of the tension in the match. And also, as someone who didn't watch, I'm simply commenting on, on you know, the re- you know reading on paper the outline of the match. I, I, I think, I don't think the fans will turn on Cody. I think the novelty of him being there is still present. Uh, it's one of those, you know, injuries working as a kind of blessing in disguise away because he's been away now for eight months or whatever it's been so they're not bored of him they don't have to deal with that so i i don't think they'll turn it in but i did think having like a real proper true workhorse like gunther go the whole way through the match and then the returning baby face comes in at 30 and wins i mm. thought that is an odd way to do it and it's it's classic like like this paul levesque this guy is a fucking hack. He is a fucking hack. He's just he's just slightly more competent Vince. He's just Vince who hasn't lost his marbles completely yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's so it's so like and again, you know, if you want to go with the logic of well they peaked at the end with the big return, but like again, if if that was your mindset, I would have had it be a surprise, you know. Um but yeah. Uh, I heard I heard Gunther's performance was great. Yes, and actually, I thought the last few minutes of the match were were tremendous. Where it was just down to Gunther and Cody, and they they kind of did the Undertaker Shawn Michaels in two thousand seven. Just had like a little like six minute match of it instead of in recent years where you get down to the mm. final two and within forty five seconds one of them's out and it's over. Oh, I prefer that. I don't like. I thought this went on and on and on forever. No, I really. really I was like, like wow. oh, they basically had a match like after the. the yeah, so, no. I, was, I thought it was very good. I'm going through who would have been a few minutes. So a few minutes is fine. That, I can't be doing with 20 minutes or whatever. 15 minutes is too much. Um, also, Gunter, oh, wow. Gunter is so skinny. It's, it's hilarious. I did, like, he lost all that weight that he used to have, but he hasn't really put on a lot of muscle. So he just looks, it looks a bit like when you're at school and you have that, yeah. mate, that mate who's really chubby and then you all have a growth spurt and then they get really skinny and they yeah. suddenly just look a bit weird. So that's, that's, that's my thing. It, it's Analysis. weird, like, it's just, it's kind of a cynical thing of, like, I feel like he was, we, we remember that initial Survivor Series match where he got beaten like an absolute jabron by, like, Drew yeah. McIntyre or whatever, and I think it's just, whether it's Vince or Triple H, I think it's just, they're not going to push a guy who looks like old Walter, which is fucking crazy to me because he uh, had one of the best physical presences ever, you know, in that, but I think he had to do it. As like, he posted that picture today of him squaring up with Brock Lesnar and everyone was going crazy. Cause like, Oh, I'd love to see that. And I was like, look, it's cool. And I'm, I, he's, he's still a phenomenal wrestler, mm. but I'm sorry. I, I miss him having the belly. I miss him being a big fucking hulking mess, you, you know, meat mountain of a man. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think it is less visually impressive. Um. Uh. It's like it's just it's it's so WWE. Do you know what I mean? It's like well, you you can't be a star and have a belly. Do you know what I mean? It's just that's them, yeah. and it'll it'll always be them, no matter who's steering the ship. You know. Yeah. I mean, I thought he he had a great showing. He was, he was very, very good. He, he, 
of of all the people in it, even Cody and, and all that, he had the the true star making performance. That's what people mm. remember coming out of is this where Gunther had the, the crazy Sh- uh, Seamus and Drew McIntyre. They went a long time as well, and they're two yeah. very big lads, and they were absolutely bollocks by the end. Like, they've been there for an hour. You just see Seamus was doing these moves, and it was like, oh Jesus! For fair play to them for going that long when you're that yes. that big. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Seamus was in number two, so he was he had been there with Gunther since the beginning. That was a good pairing to start off with as well. After they had their match, yeah. the cast. Still haven't watched any of their matches. I and that's why, as much as I can't be arsed with WWE, I do feel bad that I haven't watched any of them because I I know they're probably all great. I I do need to watch them. Yeah. Uh, Logan Paul made uh, his return as well, and the 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 biggest spot of the match. Where he he and Ricochet now to oh. me then before Joe before before you guys are on your eyes let me just say I I thought it was I thought it was fun I thought it wouldn't have worked in any other environment other than the Royal Rumble where you needed to have no 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 you did you needed to have <laughs> some visual noise in the ring you couldn't can't just have an empty ring and two lads standing on on either apron and jumping into each other but with with all the mess going on in the ring. It it, it 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 kind of worked and it was it was visually spectacular. I I was I I enjoyed. It. I was into it. It's because like Ricochet and what and um who was it in NXT? Carmelo Hayes. They did a they did basically that exact spot. And I'll, let me tell you, that is quickly becoming my least favorite. It's just so. It's the first time I've ever seen it, so I, it, I didn't realize it. It's before. just so Ricochet brains. Do you know what I mean? It's like Ricochet. You don't even have to look at his other opponents. Like if you look at just his series with Osprey. He had some excellent matches, and then he also had matches where the two of them, it was the most wanking themselves kind of, this is, you know, they had matches where it was, like, legitimately great, and then there was matches where they're just, they're doing shit for the sake of doing it, and there was a massive dearth in quality. And as great as Ricochet is, he always has, he walks that line a lot, and it's just, we're going to ch- jump at each other from across the ring, and it's it's the ultimate, like, flying nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, when Triple H comes off the top rope and, and the guy puts his foot up, but Triple H wasn't doing anything to begin with. He was just jumping off the top rope. I hate that spot as well. No, it's just we're just no. jumping at each other in a way. It doesn't. Yeah, awful. Absolutely awful. I hated it. Counterpoint. It was really cool. No, when uh, it was lame as and the people it that was, complain about flippy floppy, you know, meaningless sort of stuff. This is exact. That is exactly what is, that is. is that, yeah, they put it on the young bucks that they do flippy flop. No, they don't do high cross bodies against each other in the middle of the ring for absolutely no reason in a match where you're no, trying it was like, it was like to a double person over the fucking top rope. No, it was like a double clothesline. It was, it was a double down clothesline. Is that what it was supposed to be? Because it, 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 it was obviously you, that. You know what's, you know what's, you know what's, you know what's great is, is when you just do a double down clothesline, you run off the ropes and you do a big lariat and it looks, it looks mean. No, like you're trying to hurt the person. Yeah. Because, and also you're not intentionally both trying to do it. It's, it's, it's the timing. Whereas off the top rope, you obviously, both have to do it exactly the same time for it to work. Exactly, so it yeah. looks farcical. Anyway, so cooperative. Look forward so cooperative. to moment of the year, twenty twenty three. heated debate. <laughs> Me and Joe won't be here. We'll be on the Cornet cast. Just I was going to say, am I on the Cornet cast by mistake or here? Yeah, I, I'm. I will freely. I'm getting very Cornet in my old age. I'm just kind of like fucking apply that hold better fucking hit that person in the fucking face come on it's, it's supposed to look like a fight for fuck's sake i'm getting i'm getting very that in my old age i really am like no, i, no, no, I no. this was this was i i i need a screen shot of just before impact where they're both in the air doing their wah, 
looking all cool and shit. Oh, love it. I I did like the um uh God was it uh, was it Andretti or someone this week? No, someone in AEW TV did a stupid Osprey Ricochet superhero pose and got kicked in the face. And I wish that's that's how that should always happen when they do a fucking Spider Man look up, soak up the prize, and they just go, was it Hobbs? Someone, someone I can't remember. Someone on TV. No, it was a gif of Hobbs from like Dark or something. And the jabroni did the Osprey pose, and Hobbs booted him right in the mouth. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, Perfect. this guy is good. I like you and your book." Anyway, come on, Royal Rumble. Anything else? Yeah, Lesnar was in for like a minute, which which was which is a bit odd. Lashley, what, just, what are they going to do with Lesnar? Like, because they've done everything with Lesnar now, so I don't know. You know, I mean, I he's d- presumably still feuding with Lashley, even though Lashley. they they had like two matches last year already. Yeah, they wrestled at Royal Rumble and the Saudi show. Like what more do you do with that? Their matches weren't very good. Lashley can't take a bloody German suplex, and that's not. Oh yeah, Lesnar's yeah. Output like, remember that? Yeah, yeah. He got injured. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they you were horrible. The, they, they were like actually painful to look at. They were genuinely wince inducing because it was like yeah, right I mean, in his shoulder. Lesnar has done everything with Reigns. He's done everything with Lashley. He's done Drew. Is Gunther realistically all that there's left to do for him? That would be interesting. Cody. Yeah, I don't even really care to see Lesnar Cody. I feel like I feel like Cody, uh, kind of like kind of like Ricochet. It's like Cody is great, but I feel like Cody also has some really bad instincts and habits. I feel like they, the Cody would you Brock would bring the worst out of Cody because Brock would German suplex him once, and Cody would start crying and going red in the face and go, ah, I just don't know if I can do it, and holding onto the rope and looking at the crowd after like after getting like one close like going, do you believe in me, crowd? Do you believe? Like I, I don't think I want to see that match. I don't think I want to see that. <laughs> see again, you've turned me around to it now. I like it a bit. Of <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was a Royal Rumble match. Then we had. Uh, was there anything else in the world match worth mentioning, Joe? I don't think so. That's uh, not particularly, no. We didn't get the hurricane as we do every <laughs> couple of years. There was no Matt oh, Cardona. B- Booker, T, uh, Booker T. Booker T. He came Booker out T. looking uh, looking pretty good for 65. You know, he was, he yeah. was in good shape. He's, Although, he's, he's, he's got his hair down to his arsehole. Once he yeah, his hair is really long. Once he got in the ring, he did move like the dad from dinosaurs i don't know if you remember that show, but it was very slow <laughs> oh but to be fair he stayed like decent for a really long time his, his little comebacks yeah. here there's little indie spots oh, he always looks good, good you know very, time he, is ticking away unfortunately he, we got a spinner rooney and he so stays he, he like he, he stays in like because he's in that like bad bunny music video and it looks like him in 2000 he's fucking jacked like he's huge yep, that was only like yep. a year or two ago or whatever it was then we had the Bray Wyatt uh, Mountain Dew match. <laughs> yeah. Which again, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to. You're not, not going to tell us this is good. I'm not going to tell you it's great. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you it's great. I think there were elements of this that I thought worked, and there's many elements of it that didn't work at all. Um, I, I think the. Uh, in Of all the uh, match in weird lighting gimmicks <laughs> they've tried over the years. I actually think the 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 blue light with the UV colors, like f- face paint, kind of like what they do for Naomi's entrance, right? That that kind of pops a little more. I thought that stuff was actually quite cool. Bray had like UV paint or something on, so when he came out before they put the lights on, it wasn't apparent that he had it on, and only when the lights changed to the blue light that you could see the the makeup on his face. I thought it was like clever. Um. 
Uh, again, to, to go to go cornet on this, like I like that as a presentational thing for like an entrance and stuff like that. But true, yeah, no, no, whenever, I, I whenever you do, we're we're putting funny lights on the match. I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh, you know what I, mean? I, I totally agree, but I, I just think that as a concept, there's something to be had there, maybe for an entrance, like you say. Hmm. Um, the match itself was nothing to write home about, and then at the end of it, Uncle Howdy did a swan dive <laughs> off a fucking stage and missed yeah he missed mr kennedy by about a mile you know (laughs) and uh yeah i mean i thought the i thought the presentation was was good it didn't make a lick of sense for why they would do that as the match or Mm. it didn't enhance the match in any way the visuals were, were cool but that was it um bray is still like a plodding unexciting wrestler when it comes to actually having a match uh, LA Knight is what it is. Not much to it. Uh, what did we have then? Did we have an, an, the, the women's title match or was there another match? It was in the thing? women's title, wasn't it? Women's title was then next. Yeah. Which was like a raw match. Was like yeah, I saw pretty bad reviews for this and I was pretty disappointed because yeah, you know, like it was Bianca okay, was but it wasn't, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a, a big Bianca match. It was just they had a match. And Alexa is also Mr. Howdy up. Mr. Howdy, she, Uncle, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Farewell. Uh, yeah. She's the fiendess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw Bray White give a quote today saying he doesn't know what's going on there and we'll find out eventually. I was like, oh, oh what, a, what a yarn you, you weave, sir. <laughs> Then we have um, the Women's Royal Rumble, which uh, was, again, was fine. Um, oh, so close to my prediction, Asuka. They had the repackaged Asuka. She came out with the old, the oh, old yeah. Asuka get-up, and it seemed like perfect time for her to, uh, you know, to, to be built up, uh, working towards something with this repackage. And Rhea, early in the show had like a run-in with Beth Phoenix. And I thought, oh, well, that must be the direction they're going there. And then and then Ripley just just won the match anyway. So two ticks for you boys on your predictions and, and only one for me with the coaster. But very close with Asuka as a, as a left field guess. I was very happy with how, how mm-hmm. close I got with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think with the with the, the ladies, there, there's an issue insofar as the way that they were booked historically means that there's only so many you can bring in as the legends for Royal Rumble appearances. So we get Michelle McCool again. Um, Chelsea Green back. She got eliminated immediately. That was, I heard that. That's funny. Like, you know. Um, and otherwise, it was... Uh, you know, the, the thing with the, 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 the women they do a lot is, which they don't do with the men, is they just... They don't have enough of them, so they just have NXT people in it. Yeah. Here's here's your one from NXT. And then what was even worse was that the commentators outwardly didn't know anything about him. <laughs> so they'd be asking, like, uh, McAfee, from your NXT days, do you remember, you know anything about this one? I've never saw him in my life. So it came off very, like, disorganized and sloppy. And the match itself was was no different. Any any Kelly Kelly this year? Nope. No, What? No, Kelly Kelly. I'm actually really disappointed they didn't keep that that bit going because she's been in every single one. And I just yeah. think it's nice. I think it's nice she comes back once a year, does a pop, does her two moves, out, boom. Nice payday. Dewdrop returned, uh, rebranded as Piper Niven. Okay, that's good. They gave her the horrible name. Nia Jax returned. And uh, Rhea tried to do some power moves on her and was unable. Um, 
And yeah, I don't know. The match is the, otherwise the match just kind of washed over me. It wasn't uh, particularly exciting or, or anything. I saw that they fucked up the production on Nia Jax coming out. Um, yeah, they, they, her music just started playing. They didn't do the counter. Good stuff. And then they said, oh, fuck it. Fuck it. Oh, I forgot to mention the men's rumble. Uh, second year in a row, Kofi botched the old gimmick. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. no. Good. Yeah, he, but it was stupid. Like, uh, Xavier got eliminated, and then Xavier was standing over by the announce table with uh, one of the um, chairs, like like which I'm sitting on, what mm. with wheels on it, and that, whatever they're called. The computer desk chair. And then Bakofi did like a, a 360 off the apron, like spun around like that, mm. um, and landed on the chair, and the chair just fell over and he fell on the floor. Yeah. I, I, I feel like if they had been a little bit more like, okay, don't do the 360, just jump directly onto the chair, and Xavier, make sure you're holding that chair that it doesn't like just capsize over. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you can put your hand down, like catch him a little bit or something. But they just, they just, they just didn't work. Um, so yeah, uh, then we got to the main event, which is at the end of the day, what 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 was the the thing that people will truly remember from this? The match itself was very good. We had our total package of the year: Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, who's always up for a good a good scrap, and they had a bloody good scrap. Uh, Reigns got the win in the end with some really brutal uh, moves onto the steel steps towards the end. Where he did a like grabbed him by the head and chucked him backwards onto the steps. It looked very nasty. Uh, but what people will, re- will remember from this is the the uh, the post match angle, which let me tell you guys, we've talked in the past about perfect segments on this <laughs> here podcast. I'll go one. I'll go one better. And I tweet. I tweeted as much immediately after the show. This is as good an angle as they have ever done. Wow. As good an angle as they have ever, and ever in all caps, they have ever done. Um, this was absolutely tremendous. Give credit where credit is due. They 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 beat the fuck out of Kevin Owens, handcuffed him to the ropes, and the the tribal chief said, "Sammy, go get me a chair." Sammy Zayn eventually produced a chair. And then, as as when he went to to finish off Kevin Owens, give him the old yeller gimmick out the back of the shed. Sammy stood in the way and said, "We don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. This is below you. He's had enough. This is below you, Tribal Chief." <laughs> and uh, and and Rain said, "You're right. You know, you're right. You do it. It's below me, so you have to do it." So he gave he gave Sammy the chair. Sammy stood, looked conflicted. Like I, I just want to underline as well. This is after one of the better beatdowns you'll ever see. Like a properly brutal beatdown. You know, this wasn't just they they hit him with their sp- spinny kick move gimmick, and he was beaten up. No, they they like they did the, the chair on the head, cannonball into the corner, the hundred super kicks on him while he's handcuffed, just like totally unconscious. Anyway, Sammy hit him with the chair, finish him off. Reigns, Reigns turns his back, uh, and we get we get a little nod to to a, a a a gimmick from a decade ago where where Seth Rollins had a chair in his hand and he hit little Roman Reigns in the back with it, and Sami Zayn reared back and he hit Roman Reigns across the back with the chair. The tribal chief uh, made a fool of, turned on by Sami Zayn, at which point the bloodline. 
beat the fuck out of him as well. Him being Sami Zayn. And uh, they left him lying. They tore his honorary Ouse shirt off him. Mm-hmm. They tore up the little, is it the lay? Oh, yeah. Rose thing. They tore that up, sprinkled it on him. Uh, Jey Uso, though, conflicted, would not take part in the Sami Zayn beatdown. He he walked off. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was extraordinarily well done. I thought it was uh, as far as building over the course of a year to a specific turn or a specific moment. You know, I think in the past, in 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 modern times, let's call it. The example that's been held up as the beacon of how you do the slow burn to the to eventually the, the turn is is Batista Triple H from two thousand five. Right. I think I think now you do now it's Sami Zayn Roman Reigns. This is this is the superior angle, superior version of that. And I mean, I look and 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 this is coming from someone who hasn't been watching all the TV. And I was still as invested, and still as enthralled by the angle that they did. It was, it was truly, it was truly excellent, excellent stuff. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, You know, I'm not, I'm not quite where Paul is. I liked it. It's just a lot, way too much dialogue in Roman Roman Reigns matches. It's just constant talking. Come on, what are you doing? You're gonna get in the ring. You're gonna do this. You're gonna. It's like, oh Christ, Mike, give him a mic if they're gonna do that much talking. Just mic him up during the match. I think ridiculous. I think when I kind of like like parachute into WWE and watch these things and there's usually a big bloodline thing or there's a clip doing the rounds or people are like, oh, watch this week's main event just to see. And I think it's kind of like it, it seems really good. And, and, and obviously there's huge crowd investment. I mean, this is the this is almost certainly the peak of Sammy's career in terms of his, like his popularity. But I, I, I watch this stuff and it just kind of cements to me that I just don't like the way WWE produces stories and, and the way they do things. Everything's very melodramatic. Everything's very drawn out. Everything's very uh, directed. It's very stage play. And it feels a little inauthentic to me, even when it's really good. And it is really good because I'm not, I'm not going on this spiel to say I thought it was bad. But it's just even when they're peaking really high, I'm just watching it going, this is just not a style of television that I just enjoy on a, on a really fundamental level. So it doesn't matter if it's, if, it's a, if it's people out there giving the performances of their lives. It's like to just make the most obvious comparison with their most obvious uh, competitor it's like the the kind of more raw stuff between like hangman and moxley which wouldn't even be AEW's best story compels me like a hundred times more than than the bloodline stuff just on a on, on a basic stylistic level for me because it's just like knocked you on your ass i don't care what are you going to do about it and then he gets knocked on his ass and he's concussed and he goes home and i'm like I'm all about that more than than two years of, of 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 scowling and looking at each other suspiciously and and you know oh this is a callback to when he didn't get the shirt and you know uh, you know I, I, it's it's really well done I'm not I'm not shitting on it it's just it's it's I it's getting so much praise and I just I tune in every now and then and I'm just kind of like yeah yeah it's good I have a very small nitpick. It might be a big nitpick. I don't know. Nitpick of the week. Not just about this angle, but it, it's about shots to the head, right? So Sami Zayn hits him with the chair on the back. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. If you're going to turn on someone, you hit them on the head. I'm sorry. It's just, it is ludicrous to hit someone <laughs> on the back. And it happened in the Rumble match with Elias. He hit someone on the back with a guitar, 
Why would you hit someone on the back with a guitar? It doesn't make any sense. You hit him on the head. So anyway, that's just my thing. They need to find a way. They just need to do worked shots to the head. I'm not saying literally clatter people. With, yeah, we we we've 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 made this. You know what I mean? Before. If it, it, it's it is a way to do to do, it. do a safe headshot. Just like look, look at this magazine. Oh, oh, Jesus! I just hit myself. No, I didn't. I was faking it. I was faking it. No, you should have got your hand up there, Joe. Is what you needed to do. No, it was fake. So I didn't have to get the old. Didn't triple I triple I was having my head the triple H pretty much new university always got his hand up for an old chair to the head. Yeah, that's it. Gave, take it on the hand. It the old, gave it the old disc gimmick. Don't actually take it on the head, take it on the hand. That'd be fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any problem with that. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's a small one, but just Yeah, we don't want to come off like we're we're advocating for brain damage. And well, stuff. Uh, no. But, you know, uh, you, yeah, you don't you don't want to be accused of being a uh, a Danny Dyer white power but they, they pretend to punch each other in the head you know what I mean so yeah. pretend to hit each other with a chair in the head yeah, yeah. it's fake do it yeah, I, look, I, 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 we're not wrestlers but I believe there's a way to safely to safely do it and like, yeah, we're, we're not saying that they, they they stand there they close their eyes they grit their teeth and they they T- take, take it, it like a know? man no but yeah, like I think we 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 say you know wrestling is ultimately a swindle. It's a magic trick. It's a it's a it's a, a, it's a, a facade. So let's you know it's an illusion. That's what that's what it should be. The fact, yeah, when someone takes a chair, well, I, even more egregious, it didn't happen here, but even more egregious when the the opponent's facing them and they have mm-hmm. the chair and they do the uh, in the gut. Bend over uh, across the back. Oh, another thing that annoyed me in the rumble. When guys get hit with a finisher and then they're so dazed, they somehow get back up to their feet because <laughs> they need to be eliminated over the yeah, top rope. Ropes. That happened like five times in the rumble. Like I get away with it once, but five times it was like, oh, power bomb. Oh, I'm back on my feet. Quick. Close line me either. Uh, <laughs> the old Adam Jesus. Cole PWG sale from oh, one, my, 10 yeah. years ago that we talked about. It's just one of those things that takes you out immediately of the of the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll say I don't um, I don't agree with your guys' uh, take, but I respect your opinion and and the fact that art of which I include wrestling will will garner different types of responses from different people. That's why it's great that we have. The, not to use the tenuous flavors of ice cream analogy, but <laughs> you know, I, I I truly enjoyed this. I I like, as I said, a little bit of melodrama. I like I like a, a theater play. You might find, and uh, I thought this was absolutely tremendous. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, come come twenty twenty four, I'll remember this. I might not remember the the Hangman Mox storyline as vividly. yeah. Well, that's fair. It's certainly memorable, and it's 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 it's. I mean, you are definitely in the majority. I mean, it's getting hailed as one of their best ever things. I, th- I, th- I think it is. I think it is. But I know there's 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 folks out there who aren't who aren't mad about you know the Godfather or whatever. And that's not to say that you know using that as an example of this is the Godfather and I'm right because Godfather is objectively good. But point being is that there's 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 people who enjoy just different types of 
people, some people prefer Goodfellas to Godfather, for example. It's just two 10 out of 10s, but stylistically different kind of takes on the same thing. That's my point. Right. Um, so that was the Rumblor. Let me tell you, though, that show was so long <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah. Um, it went on and on. Thank we're, God there wasn't a free show. We're in the era of the of the long pay per view for sure. Um, yes. You know, I I, I wonder how um, uh, how WrestleMania is going to shake out. Um, anyway, uh, we'll jump over to AEW here. Uh, we'll kind of run through the, uh, the 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 Dynamite show. I don't think we need to go super in depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it opened with the latest JAS versus Starks and Andretti thing. They had an alright tag match and they used the bat fine. To, to beat Andretti. Uh, you know, <sighs> I'm about ready to be done with this. Andretti um, is no good. I'm he's sorry, not. He's not great. He's, he's not, not great. He's not big. He's got no charisma. He can't talk. His wrestling's all right. I, I, it's just Jericho doing a doing a bit. Yeah, the, the the promos are like not terrible, but they're very they're very young indie wrestler, which is what he was up until a month ago. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's he, he's and they're trying they're giving him a lot as well of like talking, and I'm just like, he's with Ricky Starks. Ricky mm-hmm. Starks can do the talking, like you know, um, and it's just one of those things where it's, you know they've had a lot of matches together, and the baby faces have won like all of them to this point, and then and now the heels are getting their heat back, and it's just like okay. I'm 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 ready to move on from it to be honest, and I I think I think action you know I don't want to be too harsh on him, but it does feel like mm-hmm. they've they've attached a weight to Starks that that yeah he was he was better off on like like, his own you know. Uh, we uh, got Darby Allen versus Buddy Matthews. This was, uh, I mean, Darby is going out of his way to, he's like speed running the best TNT uh, um, reign you could possibly have. Um, uh, you know, there's been a couple of good reigns. You know, they, they, they've definitely been putting the effort in after the Sammy and Scorpio stuff to try and get it back on a, on the right path. And this reign is, is really doing it, I think. Yes, I think it's good. I kind of worry that it's not going to last that long, though, because of the speed he's going at. And I would like him to have like a longer reign to kind of really reestablish the title. But I don't know, maybe we'll have a long reign and it'll just be a lot of matches. But I'm worried he might lose to Joe <laughs> um, next week. Yeah, is, I don't think it would be a good idea. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's so there was a story this week that Wardlow's hurt. Mm. Um, so I was thinking kind of like, yeah, Darby gets a, you know, a, a brief, but cool run to set up Joe stealing it back to set up Wardlow, getting it back. But it seems like Wardlow is out of action for a bit. So I, I, I hope Darby retains. I, I, I love I, Joe's current run is so good, but at mm. the same time, I'm kind of like the other reason I think they, they might be given Darby so many matches is just to kind of, as, as we've talked about on the show is like, give make use of Darby. Do you know what I mean? It's people are hurt. People are missing. People are out of action. Darby's just sitting there, you know, having occasional tag matches with Sting. It's like, let's use the guy, you know? So, um, uh, yeah. So, so we'll see with that. This, this, this match was good. Um, buddy, buddy is very good. Of course. Yeah. Very good match. Um, we got jungle hook, uh, versus page and Hardy. I tell you what, uh, I still think going with the team is a good idea, but they felt way less uh, special and hot this week, uh, going against the Ethan page, Matt Hardy team, you know? Yeah. And it was also like, yeah, cool as a one-off, but then it's like, oh, well, we're just going to do it again. Well, yeah. Like why, why are they teaming? There's no real logic story that I can pick up on there. Yeah, and I'm I'm not into Matt Hardy or the Ethan Page thing. I do that. That's 
no interest to me in that. For, for every for every good angle that's like, oh, this wrestler has this other wrestler's mm. contract and he's a servant. There's a ten million bad ones, mm. you know. Um, um, you know. So I mean, look, it seems like it seems like it's just tr- they're trying to just drill into the audience head. Like, look, it's Ethan Page. You hate Ethan Page. You don't like him. I feel like they are trying to make something of him. But um, yeah. Uh, then we got family therapy with the guns and the acclaimed. And what was funny was that they obviously had a actress there supposed to play the family therapist. She said about one sentence and it's the whole thing screamed to me that this was chopped up and reduced to 30 seconds to make it barely watchable. Cause it wasn't and, and barely watchable. It was, um, it wasn't funny. It seemed like a genuine, no. a genuine therapy session. Yeah. You know I mean? It was, very except, odd except for the fact that they had a, a porno therapist for some reason i don't know why they always have to do that in wrestling the therapist has got like the big the fake glasses on and the big revealing suit on and the high heels it's like whoa why is this something yeah. in, this, in this segment it doesn't make any sense god damn it this yeah was it, it was it was terrible it was a terrible segment get the get um, get the asses out next week that's what we need just so yeah, more, like, yeah. Get back to that. Uh, like Doctor Fox would say, you know, the fact that I, was, I just wasn't very entertained. Yeah, it wasn't entertaining. Um, yeah, they didn't have any clever lines. If anything, the acclaimed came off like like a pair of tossers. Yeah, yeah. and the guns had like legitimate grievances, and there was no punch lines or no. And yeah, the the the, the acting first of all was was terrible as well. You had the uh, the. What was it? The person, the the lady, I forget what her job was, the therapist, therapist. let's say, who kept like looking over the glass, going, "Oh, mm, they just said that, I guess." Like constant reaction. <laughs> and what was this office they were in? It was just, it just said like a big warehouse with three diplomas on the wall and a couple of ferns, like. Yeah, it yeah, was, it, it it was, was very low red. And, and and as we said, like not even that many jokes. I like I said, like, it definitely felt like they filmed it and then someone, possibly Tony, watched it and went, "This is absolute dreck." Just cut it down to the thirty seconds where they where we get to the point of it, and just we'll move on from it next week. You know, um, we had uh, Hangman and Renee again, and uh, they're doing Hangman and Mox next week. Um, I see. I thought they were going to extend Mox's break and do the next match at the pay per view. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that they're not. I'm wondering, unless uh, no, actually, because they they did the Hangman thing where they wouldn't say the match was happening until basically he was he was good to go. I I don't think they'll do a fake out where Moxley can't do the match, but they could do like a Mox Punk type thing where the match is like 30 seconds and and Mox isn't ready or something like that. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we got Brian Danielson versus Brian Cage. Um, really enjoyed. Not in the pantheon of your great dragon matches, but a very good one. Yeah, very good. I'm reading the results here from AEW's own website, and it's really odd because it's written like a novel. Um, because they and they do like old four one one style like breakdown of all the moves and listing mm-hmm. everything that happened with with pull quotes from the commentators back in the ring. Cage sent Danielson soaring with a German suplex exclamation mark. <laughs> Cage put Danielson in a bear hug, but Brian headbutted his way out. Cage cracked Brian with a running forearm. Cage followed up with a shoulder breaker. Great job by Brian Cage, said Taz. 
It's, it's great. I'm going to start reading these every week. I think it's just this, like, is, this is Tony's, like, he writes all of this before the show. And then yeah. they, they use that to actually create it. I think that's how it works. Oh, it's it's excellent. This is this, behind, this is the making of the magic here. Novelization um, of AW Dynamite. Um, but yeah, uh, this, you know, it's kind of nice to see Cage do, like, a limb work match. Do you know what I mean? He got to do his his mad flippy do stuff here and there. He got to do it with Willie Mac, and then it was like, all right, Brian's like, all right, I'm not doing any of that. Just give me an arm. Give me, just throw me around, and I'll sell my arm. Um, <laughs> and uh, he beat the shit out of the arm after the match. That was the story. MGF paid him to injure Brian, and Takeshita made the save. So uh, there you go with that. Um, let me see. Oh, MGF ran down as well to also put a beating on Brian. So that's uh, that's chugging along. And next week we are getting Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher, um, uh, which is an, an an interesting pull. An interesting pull. I did not. I did not expect one Timothy Thatcher to be showing up on Dynamite. That'd be interesting. Uh, Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho. This was supposed to be a three way with Baker, but they said she was injured. But then she came out anyway. So did they? Is she actually injured, or did they just pull her so they could do this shitty WWE music distraction finish? Um, I don't know. Possibly. No, I think she is injured. I think she is. Injured. She probably is. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, that yeah, that finish is no good. The finish was bad, and they're doing the storyline where it's like the AW originals against uh, against uh, like p- people with WWE tenure. But but Ruby is that. But Ruby is that, and also, and so Brit's doing. You better pick the right side. I was like, what's the side? Also, Brit's a heel, but Tony is also a heel. So is Brit like? Don't join the other heels, and it's bad, <laughs> and I don't care. Uh, I have no time for. I was in WWE. I'm a big star. I have no time for that. Your company's four years old. You're big boys now. You're a top show on cable. You sell out buildings. Act, stop acting like Impact. Um, is my that's fair. My take on that. Um, uh, yeah, we got MJF announcing the uh, Thatcher match, and then we got the main event. Um, <laughs> I love I love that side with MJF announcing the flow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said a thing. Oh, uh, fucking thing he says. Tim Thatcher. You know. Uh, anyway, then we got the main event, which was the uh, the debut of Mark Briscoe facing uh, uh, Jay Lethal. You know, it, it was like. Mark Briscoe was very well composed given the horrible situation he was in. If you didn't for know sure. the context, you would think this was just Mark Briscoe coming out for a, a really fun TV match. Jay Lethal was in bits from the second he came out. Jay Lethal was really not keeping it together. He was really upset by the whole thing. Um, uh, and they had the Ring of Honor commentators there who always do a great job. I think we mentioned them every time they're, they're, they're on. They're really great. And they had really, really, really fun uh, uh, match uh, in, in tribute to Jay, whose birthday it was uh, as well uh, uh, on on this particular day, um, and uh, yeah, no, it was really good, and it was it was it was uh, it was very uh, the whole presentation was very heartfelt. I thought um, after Mark won, the whole roster was on the the, the map and they put, uh, the the ramp and they put up a graphic for Jay. It was it was lovely. It was very well done. Yeah, really good match. Really, really good. So yeah, uh, that was the uh, and they did open with a, 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 a not open, but I think after the first match they had a phenomenal video for Jay Briscoe, mm. uh, which is very nice, very sad. Uh, his little daughters were on there. It was very sad. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they got to do this. 
Um, I have not gotten around to watching the Ring of Honor thing on YouTube. I've heard it's great. Um, I, I will get to that. And maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, um, I did watch a little bit of that, just the first hour. It was, uh, it's very good. It's, mm. Yeah, good matches. Obviously, I haven't seen that much Ring of Honor, so get some good matches on there. Uh, yeah, and that was uh, that was Dynamite. Uh, then we had, have you guys seen Rampage? I haven't yes. watched it yet. Okay, I would say skip just to the main event. Um, uh, Hangman, Hangman and Yuda was really good, but I feel like the crowd didn't give two mm. piddles about it, mm. unfortunately. Because <laughs> um, uh, because the Blackpool Combat Club is like now weirdly on ice, and it's like, okay, Brian's just kind of over here doing his other thing, and Moxie's just kind of over here, and and Yuda is uh, in denial, Scott Steiner with his main event mafia tracksuit. Um, uh, <laughs> running around defending John Moxley's honor, who's not even on the show. Um, yeah, so I, I think, and, and you know, it's it's like a guy who's obviously being heated back up to main event versus Wheeler Yuda. So I, but mm. the work was good. They worked. They they worked very well together. But um, uh, the match wasn't worth watching. But Dan Housen and Satnam Singh in the in the six man was very fun. Uh, oh, baby Satnam. Okay, maybe let's let's go back to maybe not having matches for another while. I think. <laughs> he God does have bless him. He he moves so slowly. With people his size, though, it's like I can't, I can't even criticize him. It's like it must be extremely hard to wrestle while you're that big. I mean, with Big Show and Andre, it's just like there's no way. It's it's like harder than the already hard task of being a wrestler. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, I don't I don't expect him to be doing the Ricochet Logan Paul spot. No, he knows better than that. <laughs> Although now I've said it, I do want to see it. <laughs> um. But yeah, even the limited stuff they had him doing, he's like lumbering around. Poor lad. Um, yeah. That wasn't very funny. I liked his little ukulele he brought with him. Yes. It was raging they didn't use it as a weapon. They just broke it. I was like, it was oh crazy. no, hit, hit someone with it. Um, yeah, no, so that was fun. But uh, the main event is what you, is the actual must thing, which was Jamie Hader versus uh, Emi Sakura. Yeah. Uh, Emmy, to be fair, to her, really does over deliver in her in her very limited chances on television or pay per view. She's she's done very well, um, and this was like the most this was the most a fight that her AEW matches felt in ages. I felt because um, they were they were playing the role of of, of Emmy, the the wily mm. you know trainer versus the the hot young thing at the moment. But she's still she's still a uh, a little baby in 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 career years versus Emi Sakura, and just the amount of times like Sakura would just like stop halfway through a sequence, and just absolutely belt Jamie across the face with an open hand slide. It was great for someone who comes out in her like elaborate queen outfit with her like Castlevania characters by her side, and then she just got in the ring and she just like she, and she's like a foot shorter than Jamie Hader, and she's just like mauling her in this match. It was great. It was really great. I loved it. Cool, look forward to seeing that. Jamie Hayes uh, the best. And she should be featured, since she's won the title, again, like the MGF thing, she's not been featured on TV as much as she was in the build-up to it. Why? Yeah. Tony, why? Why is it when you give someone the belt, you then lose interest? Tony come on. Yeah. And I think I think if she, if she gets a reasonable... Uh, shot in terms of tv matches and the rain goes okay goes lengthwise a decent amount she'll easily be like the best AEW women's champion her her output has been fantastic you know uh the tag matches the title defenses the win there was the who did she wrestle there um 
Sheeta a couple of weeks ago. That match was outrageous. Um, you know, yeah. So, so, so make sure you check out that match. That was a that was a good one for sure. And uh, yeah, another 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 good week of um, of uh, AEW TV. Next week's show looks crazy. Hangman Mox, uh, No Holds Barred, Joe versus Darby. Um, they're doing the big climactic fifty is Red Velvet versus Jade, which. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I, I was watching it with Brona and we both like said we were like oh because it's like I know it's the story they're telling and they have been building it for months but it's like a person she's already beaten and you, you're no one's kidding themselves for two seconds that Red Velvet's winning you know um, yeah so but yeah the, the the rest of the show looks pretty good uh, and Thatcher and Brian obviously so um alrighty uh, let's talk about some cinema. Let's talk about some some films. Uh, who saw who saw a film this week? They want to talk about. So, I saw a couple of films. Um, Go on. Oh, did the double bill as I mentioned earlier? Um, we saw a film called uh, Tar, um, which is of course a big Oscar uh, nominee. Um, stars Kate Blanchett as a kind of world renowned composer, uh, not composer, conductor. Um, that's one of the people that stands at the front of the orchestra, kind of waving their hands around and going, <laughs> and, you know, in my opinion, do they actually do anything? We don't know. I think the musicians just play the music on the sheet and the conductor's just there to make it look kind of good. Like that. <laughs> but, uh, this film says different. Who am I to argue? Um, so she plays this kind of renowned um, composer, no, conductor, and uh, quite a long film. It takes a while to get going, but eventually you kind of figure out that she's maybe abusing her power as, as a her kind of position as this this famous conductor to do, to do things somewhat untoward. Mm. That's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil too much more, but um, it's it's a it was a good film. However, I would say the first half an hour I was sitting there going, "This is." shite like it, it, it it's very it, it's very slow the first half an hour very long scenes very dialogue heavy scenes very few cuts it's just really taking its time to tell you everything you need to know about her about orchestras about conducting composing it, it, it's just it feels it feels a bit like watching um a big brother live stream like you're just seeing <laughs> you're seeing it all in real time and seeing all these kind of intricacies of her day then it does kick up a notch once it once it gets past that and it gets into a bit more kind of a kind of mystery element or slight thriller element to it um so i think by the end and, and the end the the, the end of the film is pretty cool as well so i think by the end i i my opinion on it had, had gone up quite a bit and Kate Blanchett at first I was quite annoyed by her performance but you do realize that is you know that's not intentional like what she's doing is intentional and um yeah I, I kind of liked it but I didn't I don't know if I loved it and it, it does it, it it doesn't go all the way with I think what it wants to do and considering it was like a two and a half hour long film it had plenty of time to to kind of deliver all the things it was sort of setting up and it, I don't know if it did. I actually think it could have worked better as like a mini series, like a six part one hour drama. And I've actually been saying the opposite recently. Like there's so many um, series that should have been a two hour film. They just don't have enough content to fill a whole series. This is the other way around. I feel like they could have done sort of six, one hours or something like that, but, but yeah, good. I think you might enjoy it. I don't know. It could be a divisive one. Um, but I, I thought overall it was, it was good. Um, 
And then the second film we saw, quite different, uh, The Fablemans. So this is the very sort of autobiographical Steven Spielberg film that is about a young boy growing up in the 50s and 60s in uh, Phoenix and then in California, um, who grows up wanting to be a filmmaker. It's kind of using filmmaking to escape the kind of slightly chaotic, slightly weird dynamic of his family and his parents' relationship. So it's it's quite a gentle film. There are some more dramatic moments. It deals with sort of anti-Semitism, um, deals with, uh, you know, relationships breaking down, that kind of thing. Um, but it is is quite gentle and quite a sort of fond look back at that period as well. Um, and, the, and the filmmaking bits are very, very exciting and very kind of well done. So I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there are some kind of fun nods to like Spielberg's um, work and career and stuff as well. So it was nice. So I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it's not some kind of mind blowing groundbreaking piece of cinema, I wouldn't say, but it is a very nice kind of, as you'd expect, a very kind of well-made, well-made piece and a very personal piece as well. Well, marketing has told me that it's Spielberg's masterpiece. So it's yeah. quite strange, isn't it? To say this is Spielberg's masterpiece when the man has made about six masterpieces in the past, <laughs> yeah. but this is the masterpiece. Come on. Finally, Jaws. he puts it all together. He Jaws, puts it all together. You know. Schindler's Jaws, list, E.T. Park, E.T. Close Encounters, Schindler's yeah. no, Saving Private Ryan, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. No, no, well, no. We'll leave the last world. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln. Um, I watched one movie. I thought Tar, by the way, until recently, was about Hungarian filmmaker Bella Tar, whose name is spelt differently, so I don't know why I thought that. Um, I don't know. I, I watched uh, Turning Red, the first of my Oscar mm. movies of the season. Turning Red is a uh, nominated for Best Animated Picture. Mm. It's on Disney+. Plus, and it tells the story of a young Chinese Canadian girl who's um, going through changes. And she's at a time in her life where Fuzzy Bunny has hair where there wasn't hair before. <laughs> um, and this manifests itself in, in the world of this film as a, a familial curse where she becomes a giant red panda. Mm. So it's an it's it's a auto, semi autobiographical film by the by the director who herself is a Canadian Chinese uh, of Ch- Canadian Chinese origin uh, the, her friends in the film the character's friends Mei Mei's friends are based on friends that she had and obviously the allegory is is laid bare it's the, obviously the, the allegory is to do with when a girl gets her period for the first time and I think for the most part the 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 themes and the allegory of the film in regards to how a, a young girl of that age reacts to changes, not only physical, but maybe mental at that stage of your life, hormones running and interactions with your friends and family and, and all that. I think, I think it kind of nailed all of those, um, the way that they, they, they handled, um, uh, the, the allegories, I think were, were all pretty much, hits for me. I don't think there were, there yeah. were too many whiffs in that regard. Mm. Um some some clever little jokes I particularly liked. Uh there's there's a boy band who the, the girls are all obsessed with called Four World, even though there's five members of the group. And uh early on one of her friends gives her a CD, a burn CD, which includes 
the special remix of one of their songs. And I think as far as writing a film of this kind, uh, to come up with the name of a track by a manufactured boy band who only, whose only raison d'etre is to appeal to girls of, you know, 11, mm. 12 years old for the, the name of that track to be girl. I love your jeans. I think was, <laughs> was pretty excellent. Um, that being said, I feel like this is overall another of the so the le- late Pixar, mm. middle of the road. You know, apart from the 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 allegory stuff, which is which is pretty pretty blatant but pretty well well handled. I think the plot is otherwise generally unremarkable. I don't like at all the art style. The art style is very uh ca- overly cartoony like and I, I don't expect that pixar movies are necessarily going to be photorealist but it's like big big round walls and grommet mouths with big round teeth in them and uh and i'm not saying that the 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 cgi is bad or anything it's just the art style is not one that i'm super into that that kind of uh where everyone everyone has like um facial proportions of like a baby they are, yeah. they're all like way too way, way too rounded it's like silly looking um and yeah i mean i i, I find i find it's, it's pretty it's gonna be pretty forgettable all said and done um but there's stuff that it does it does very well but but you know there's, there's a point in the film where you pass where it's kind of done all its smart stuff with, with how it like in an inside out kind of way the, the way that it manifests these themes it, it does all that very smartly but then the film continues for another 45 minutes and it doesn't really have a lot interesting to do it gets wrapped up in this this curse and how to break the curse and there's supernatural elements to it and i don't know that that, that stuff kind of lost me a little bit but generally generally i thought it was a a decent watch but like i said pixar lately I tell you, I don't. They're 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 not knocking the ball out of the out of the no. park like they used to every time. Now it's now it's uh, it's if it's if it's not Toy Story four, it's Lightyear, it's Soul, it's uh, it's Turning Red. They're all 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 two and a half to three star movies. No way. Still haven't seen fucking Lightyear. I don't know if I. No, well, and I'm, I, I thank God it didn't get nominated, so I don't have to watch. That. <laughs> right. uh, but that's what I watched. It was, it was okay. Alrighty, uh, I watched just one film. I watched After Sun, which is a uh, nominated in various categories. This is a sort of it's a weird kind of coming of age but not really kind of family drama it's basically about a uh, paul mesco plays a father who's bringing his daughter yeah british a, actor paul mesco Brit- british superstar um uh, paul mesco brings his daughter on one of those kind of all-inclusive trips to turkey where you see you stay in a hotel full of you know british and irish people and you watch uh karaoke and you go to the arcade and you sit by the pool and you you don't talk to a native the entire time you're there um, you know, which is a, a very uh, a real kind of cultural touchstone for people in this part of the world, and so basically, it, and it's set in non-specific nineties, mid nineties, and it's sort of uh, documenting their relationship, uh, which isn't quite strained, but is in an odd place because he's separated from uh, the kid's mother. They're not completely estranged, but they are separated, and he's 
struggling to various degrees, but in in you know in ways they don't quite reveal straight away. And uh, she is obviously then like you know an eleven year old girl who is figuring out what it means to grow up to be a young lady. Um, uh, while she's also dealing with this, uh, you know, sort of increasingly complicated relationship with her dad. Does she turn into a big red panda? She does not turn into a big red panda. This is more, um, this is more, less, less kind of, uh, communicating its theme through kind of interesting kind of colorful comic book characters and, and, and visual metaphor. It's more searingly kind of painfully raw moments, um, of both, (laughs) like, of both, like, tenderness but also awkwardness I, joe you've seen this haven't you you've seen afterson yes yeah, yes, yeah. in particular there's a there's a um karaoke scene in particular that is mm. like grueling to get through it's really rough it's it's incredibly raw which i think is why i think people have um come away so extremely positive i know it's very well made as well i'm not, I'm not trying to say it's just that but it's it's yeah. very raw and it deals with a lot of things there's also um it, there's a kind of flash forward element to it it's not really a spoiler you, you kind of get that from early on that i don't want to delve into and it's it's actually not a major component of the film it's probably about like five or six minutes in total like splat splurged splurged Spl- spliced throughout it um, so you're kind of getting the feeling that th- th- that this is a retrospective of the young girl she's now grown up, and you don't quite know. Certainly, by the in the early and by the mid, you don't quite know what the end game was and what the final status of the relationship was, and you learn more about that as the story of the holiday also progresses it's very good it's very very good it's 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 raw but i also don't want to portray it as like excessively miserable it's not that either it's 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 incredibly um um uh uh, it's incredibly real and it's 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 a a film i think i'm kind of greatly appreciating in in films lately uh in, in you know in things like everything everywhere all at once is another example it's kind of just not being afraid to just earnestly say that your human connections in your life are kind of the most valuable thing uh, uh, beyond everything else, even mm. even as those relationships become strained, that kind of proves their worth and things like that. It's very good. Paul Meskel is indeed fantastic in it. Uh, the young actress whose name I've forgotten, who plays the child, she is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, child actors obviously hitting me. I feel like child actors are. I think that the the negative stigma around that is lessened a lot these days i think i don't know if it's just in in general the quality of school has gone up or what but i feel like generally speaking um you take a film like this that hinges big time on a child performance and you know they're they're hitting more than they're missing mm-hmm. but yeah after sun very good highly recommend it definitely one to watch for you or you're uh, uh if you're intrigued in in catching up on the best films oscar or not the best films of last year i think it's certainly up there um yeah, and that's the that is the one film I watched this week. Um, as I take the films off the rundown list, we'll jump into telly here, real quick. I want to mention uh, just two things I watched. Uh, I mentioned last week the Great North. Watched a couple more episodes of that. It is, it is exactly what I expected to be based on what, on what I said last week, which is it is a a Bob's Burgers adjacent show, which is extremely easy to watch. 
very uh, kind of mellow and low stakes and very charming. Very nicely edited, uh, edited very nicely, animated and uh, with, with plenty of laughs. It's not it's not simply a you know uh, it's not simply a a uh, sort of <laughs> a show to fall asleep to. There are, there are some chuckles to be had there, but it's a it's a very cute show about a, a single dad living in Alaska, and it's 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 quite it's quite charming. Uh, I started something new uh, there because it's kind of inescapable disney are marketing the hell out of it i started extraordinary on disney plus which kind of feels like their first big 2023 here's here's one of our things shows this is under their star sub brands this is this is for grown-ups only um now bear with me in this premise right you may not care but bear with me lads what if i told you there was a television program that was like (laughs) We have a cynical, fresh take on superheroes for you, okay? <laughs> what if it wasn't just uh, saving the world and getting cats out of trees? What if they had dating problems? Oh. All right. Uh, but no, don't worry. It's not that. Uh, first of all, I was, so, this, so this is a show set in a world where literally everyone has a power of some description. And some of them are fantastical and some of them are trivial. But everyone has one. When you become, around the time you become 18, when you become an adult, you get a power. And it varies from person to person. And uh, one thing I will say straight away is there is, not, there is not fake Batman. There is not parody Superman. It's not that variety of of modern comic book thing it's a it's a kind of uh um uh a very kind of grounded uh very funny sitcom about an irish girl working in london and she is 25 or something 24 or 25 and she is effectively the one person that she knows in the entire city that does not have a power she's come of age but she doesn't have a power she doesn't know if she'll ever get one she's trying to figure out if she does have one um but she doesn't so she is she is a normie in a in a world where everyone has something and that's sort of allegorical to all the other stuff in her life she's uh your classic uh uh loser lady in her mid-twenties who has nothing she lives in a small apartment with her two friends who are in a relationship she has a shitty job she she has no luck with men and so on and so forth and and it kind of goes from there so i i i i initially i watched we watched the first two episodes and i was like this is very funny i think it is very very funny um it's very sharp um uh it's it's and like I say, they it's not it's not doing uh the boys type thing where it's constant skewering of the genre. It's it's kind of a more simple kind of like we've used the superhero premise just for a bit of fun. So it's not it's not it's not the five millionth cynical Marvel parody show is what I'm trying to get across. It's doing its own thing. Um it's 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 very funny early on, and we're about halfway through the season now. And what I'm really appreciating is that there's a real slow kind of burning progression of the characters in a way that i was actually not expecting so that by the time episode six finishes they're kind of like oh i i wasn't expecting us to get here because it first two episodes it's kind of it's very i don't want to say typical but it's kind of fairly conventional uh sitcom fair she's obsessed with a boy who's obviously not interested in her and she's sending desperate texts and she has a dead-end job and all her friends are high-flying and it's 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 going through those motions and it's very funny but then as as the season has progressed it's actually gotten you they've they've gone they've actually gone in in the characters and 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 done some good stuff so i would i would give that a big thumbs up about halfway through the season i would say that is that is worth a watch on the old disney genuinely quite funny and it's also uh just British character actor mania, baby. We've got various in-betweener parents. We've got various Dairy Girl alumni. We've got Father Ted alumni. It's a it's a who's who of always him uh in 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 this, which I always enjoy. 
Um, uh, Sister Michael from Derry Girls um, is in there. Um, as I said, very various parents from from the in betweeners uh, uh, are in there, and uh, yeah, it's good. Half hour episodes, and it's on at Disney Plus. The full season, they they just dumped the whole season on there. So yeah, extraordinary that is, and uh, that is a that is a recommendation from me. Uh, what about you, boys? What have you watched this week? Um, well, I finished watching Andor. Finished, okay. Hit finito. me with it. Finito. I mean, it's good. It's good. I mean, I don't think there's anything new for me to say um i like i like the stuff that it does differently i like that it's not stupid which is the standard to which these things are measured these days Mm. it's a little bit more cleverly written um characters a little bit more dynamic um however i will say at times it does lend itself to going too far on the other side of the spectrum and some episodes and i will say especially the finale I found to be extremely dull. Really, the finale? You weren't in the finale. I th- I thought the finale was was really boring. Okay, uh, which is a shame because some of the other episodes I I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I say all in all, I think it, I think it's obviously a step above your uh, your uh, Moon Knights or your uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier and oh yeah, you know. Um, and Book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian is is very different. Mandalorian has a different, I guess, charm to it. But Mandalorian kind of descended into mediocrity. Um, this, you know, this is good. It's a little bit smarter. It's a little bit more adult. But uh, yeah, just at times, it's like you know, uh, you you watch some other shows like your your you know your Breaking Bad, your Succession, your your Mad Men. Like there doesn't need to be space battles and lightsaber fights for for a show to be exciting mm. or tense, you know. And I just feel like they they didn't quite. That's one element of it. Twist towards the end, they didn't quite get was dialing mm. dialing the tension right up and, and making it exciting. It's just a little a little boring. I mean, all in all, it's like maybe a, a strong seven out of ten. Yeah, like, I, I don't quite get the people run into the mountaintops to. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, in a weird way, I'm glad they did though, because I, if people just said, "Oh, it's it's good," I would not have watched it because no, I, no, I, because no. I'm, you and I are both burnt out on that stuff, and and like the weird people have said they're all good. People said the Boba Fett thing was good. I'm like, what the fuck are you fucking talking about? It's so fucking boring. So in a way, I'm glad they did, but I, I'm, I'm also glad that you're in the same boat as me. I, I kind of watched it. Okay. I liked the finale, but there were bits that were that i was like okay i'm kind of over this and it's like people talking about it like it's one of the better things from television last year i'm like no way i mean in in a in a great year for television with great shows up and down the 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 you know the list i I, but i i am glad they because it is it is like a fun decent well-made star wars thing for grown-ups which is all we're asking for um you know so uh, I would, yeah. I would maybe in retrospect have had to be a little bit of a, a shorter, tighter season as well. Yes, I mean, I maybe eight, eight or nine eps. Like twelve was a, a, a bit many, a bit much. Um, and also, I watched the first episode of a new show called Poker Face. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Yes, this is the new Ryan Johnson joint, I believe. We all love a bit of Ryan Johnson around here. Yes, it's um, the new uh, mystery mystery show, uh, in part. Helm, written, helmed, directed by Ryan Johnson. He doesn't write every episode. He doesn't direct every episode. I think he's directing 
the first one and the second to last, if I'm not wrong. And he wrote the first two, I feel like. Um, I only watched the first episode, so it's only based on that. Starring uh, Natasha Lyonne yes. in the lead of, uh, I guess, Orange is the New Black fame. Um, and, also, and starring, it's kind of a, a Columbo-style uh, case of the week show, is my understanding. Now, episode one, it's it's not not to be confused with your your knives out. It's not an Agatha Christie like. Okay, it isn't that. Um, it, it's more at least the the format that episode one followed was you know you you see an event happen at the start of the episode, and then the course of the episode is is essentially the Natasha Leone character columbering her way together, into his... columbo her columbering her way through what happened here and and catching the baddies basically. But it's 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 you know it's it's grimy. It's um, it's well shot. It's set in, initially set in this casino, so it, it might remind you visually of something like a um, Ocean's Eleven movie or something like that. Or, or I, I said um, Twin Peaks: The Return because there's a part of that set in a casino as well. Reminded me a little bit of that. Um, but no, I thought it was really good. I thought Natasha Leon was great in the. Uh, in the role, I think she's very uh, likable, very charismatic. Adrian Brody guest stars in it as well. He's also very good. So episode one, I gotta say, I was I was very very impressed. I've heard episode two isn't great, mm. but I'll 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 hold my uh, my opinion on that until I've actually watched it myself. I think there's four episodes out were released at once on Peacock in the US. Um, but yeah, episode one, very very good, very impressed. Um. But we'll see how it holds up. I will say as well, when it comes to shows like this that aren't exactly prestige TV, you know, your HBO, your Last of Us, your Game of Thrones, your, uh, you know, your top, top, tippy top TV succession. I can, I can have the episodes being an hour long. When it's a show that you're kind of dipping your toe into, you don't have any real, um, uh, affection for it you're just testing it out when you turn on an episode it's an hour seven um let's 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 take it back to the time boys where tv shows were 42 minutes long 42 minutes is 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 perfect it's not so short that you feel shortchanged. it's not you know so long like it, it starts wrapping up pretty much through time where you're starting to feel as as though it should um an hour and seven minutes for this kind of show, I feel like is is, is twenty minutes too long. Let's let's rein in a little bit. And I appreciate, you know, don't get me wrong, I appreciate that streaming allows creatives to play a little bit more in their sandbox and, and get their vision out onto the screen. That's fine. Yeah. But sometimes working within the trappings of a forty-two minute block can bolster creativity in its own way, in a sense, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, look, it was good. It was good. And um, that is, that's what I've been watching. Already? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Joe, what have you been watching? Um, I think anything we finished off this week was the second season of The Marvelous Mrs. Uh, Maisel, uh, which continues to be, to be good. I think it flagged a bit hot during the season it started quite strongly ended quite strongly bit of a slog in the middle might be right. might be a similar thing as just to Paul saying where you know they have to fill a certain amount of time 
and sometimes it gets a bit repetitive or, or it feels dragged out you know it, it yeah. took a season for her to kind of she she's to, as a reminder she's kind of aspiring comedian stand-up comedian in the in the 60s early 60s uh when comedy is kind of changing with lenny bruce and the kind of people moving away from mother-in-law jokes into more edgier stuff and she's an aspiring comedian it took a kind of whole season for her to get from starting out to slightly progressing and it's a bit like eh, come on move move on move on we need more we need more stuff we need more stuff and i get again i think if it was on tv you'd have a lot more storylines you'd have a lot more cliffhangers you'd have a lot more things happening because you have to keep the audience retained right. whereas now it's like we just have to sit through it because it's on stream um just fucking give me give me more i need more <laughs> um it's good anyway i also cancelled amazon prime this week i've still got it for another six months me too good oh really take that bezos you bald freak yeah, yeah. um we've got it till july because i'd already paid for the year so i will mm. we will finish Maisel and i don't know will the boys be back before then I'm sure. i don't know actually yeah i don't know uh, um it's i don't know yeah right. they, they take kind of a while between seasons to to get that yeah i don't know but i might um i'll just get that on blu-ray anyway blu-ray anyway we're on our physical media kick so i'm just hell gonna, yes i'm just gonna I've got buy my, stuff my, my copies of the boys yeah. somewhere here you know um yeah i we canceled prime because we were never using it mm-hmm. and then we got it back for the boys which also coincided with get with getting ready to move and i was like and mm-hmm. i was like well we're gonna buy stuff on amazon which we have i mean it's like we just got rid of all the cardboard like we've had so much amazon shit in the house but now it's kind of like all right we're kind of getting settled in not ordering mm-hmm. as much and there's fucking nothing on this service i want to watch so <laughs> um uh so yeah that's uh that that might need to go soon. Uh, we'll do our weekly check in here with with the Last of Us. Um, I don't think we said this last week, but just to to, to be clear, we will do. We're going to talk. Uh, the, this episode is now. We're doing this. We're recording this now to talk about episode two, the day episode three comes out. So we're going to just uh, for our weekly Last of Us check in. We're going to be talking spoilers. We're going to be talking about the spoilers for the episodes we just watched. But obviously, given that Joe and probably some of you listening to this haven't seen it, we're not going to do any game spoilers or anything beyond what we've watched. But just to be clear, if for some reason you haven't watched episode two, skip ahead or whatever. Uh, uh, What did you make of the episode this week, uh, boys? Paul? Great. Great. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think a step up from episode one. Um, Let me give you a story in terms of how, how well done I thought this episode was. Okay. So I watched it at my friend Sean's house. Um in 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 the name of full transparency, downloaded it, put on the USB <gasps> shtick. Whoa. Um some 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 uh, apps like Disney Plus let you download stuff. Sorry about that. Um went over to his, he had a new TV, so I went over to his, we watched it there. And I was there, he was there, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's sister were all there, and we were watching the episode and we were kind of it 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 wasn't a uh, uh, cinema rules. Let's say we were kind of okay. chatting and watching. Oh yeah, because because you know I'm the only one of the four who's played the game, mm. so they're kind of talking about what what do you think this means? What do you know? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like I, I, and I was actually getting a kick out of it because I could see how much they're into it. Right. And then there was the scene where, um, where Joel says, "We'll be silent," mm-hmm. and in the room. <sighs> Everyone's holding their breath. <laughs> yeah. No no talk happening anymore. Everyone's watching quietly. And 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 that to me is is a sign signifier of um well done tension. 
you know when you have a room where the atmosphere is very laid back it's very oh watching we're watching the show we're watching our stories but then you're so into it and there's a scene where oh my god you've got to be quiet and everyone watching is just dead silent for the the duration of that i i noticed it and i loved it and yeah i thought the episode was extremely well done a little bit more snappily paced i felt in the first one uh, a little bit more action in it. Um, a little bit more movement. We're only two episodes in. We have characters um, leaving us already. We have uh, the story is is really is really moving along. Like I, I don't know that I necessarily knew or felt that they would be you know getting the whole game into one season, but the pace we're going, it seems like that's a, a definite possibility. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Agreed. Yeah, I I, I really liked it, and I. I, I like the fact it was quite contained as well. They don't, they weren't to me. It was one location basically, and um, they they got an awful lot out of a small area, um, yeah. sort of going into the city of Boston. So I, I quite liked that. I liked getting slowly introduced to the mushroom met people, whatever you call them, the to- toadstools, yeah. uh, <laughs> the goombas. Um, yeah, that that was that was cool because we've seen obviously quite different ones in the first episodes and now yeah, we're more getting zombie like. Yeah, yeah, now we're getting slightly different, like um, yeah, just a slightly different take. And they, I, I love I said this on the on the chat, but they love the I love the um, design of them. It's really gnarly, and it kind of reminds me of like Alien because you've got these external yeah. like fungi brain type things, and it's really it looks great. It doesn't look like a kind of fake just cgi mess it looks like real kind of gross stuff everywhere yeah. like foam like one of them cans of foam just explodes and goes yeah, yeah. Like, i really like that and then the detail in it is, is just brilliant as well yeah um yeah very 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 good episode really I, thought, I thought the set design was was tremendous i mean it's it's mm. it's a very expensive show and I'm, I'm glad it's gone on practical effects and a big uh, giant museum mm. and they, they, from from reading interviews of it, it's like it's all sound stages they've done a, they did a pretty much it seems like everything external was was obviously you know uh filmed in like bits and pieces of canada but it seems like a lot of it is just stages built from the ground up and they're all grotesque and overgrown and and again for for nerds who played the game it's like it's so one to one it's actually kind of crazy the little scene where the little scene where where Ellie does a little pretend hotel check in it's like you can just you can just do that at, at a desk but it's like I'm like that's the fucking desk from the game that's the it's like why did you HBO spent that's a bigger waste of money than all the money they gave Nathan Fielder for all the rehearsal shit it's like <laughs> Craig Mason's just like fucking like look look take a picture here's a JPEG I took off my PS3 okay it has to look exactly like this um yeah no it's it it, it was great I I think the stuff they're doing with the infection is super interesting because they for years they always said when talking about the games like oh well you know they're not really zombies it's like yeah they are like whatever you can you can put a a a fancy mushroom layer on it but realistically in the in the games it doesn't really matter it's it's it just feels like a stylistic choice whereas in in this episode of the show it kind of feels like oh no they they're doing something really gross and weird and different and really scary um, there's a, another great prologue sequence of like 2003 where yeah. the the mycologist like she cuts open like the ankle of a dead infected person and it's got like 
a separate skeleton because like the fungus is like spread like so there's just like white underneath her skin because it's like really gross and all the stuff they said where towards the end with the with it being underground that's all new that's not stuff that they ever touched on in the 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 kind of quasi hive mindy stuff that's all brand new um uh, and I, I thought it was really great um i've i've gone back and forth i don't think i really liked the ending um the 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 already infamous kiss for lack of a better term i i thought it, i i understood the idea they were going for i just thought it was a little thought it was a little shock value e uh, uh, of a direction yeah. um uh i think it was a, i think it was a more interesting um uh direction than in the game so again the location of where that scene happens looks identical to the game in the game she just fights off some soldiers because she's she's bit and she doesn't want to turn so she tells exactly as the tv show plays out but she just turns out and fights off some guys rather than turning into a monster and whereas in this they they go a little bit more body horror on it i don't don't know i i was very divided on it when i when i watched it and then i kind of as time has gone on i think i think it was it felt a little a little tacky i thought but a lot of people seem to really Mm -hmm. like it it was a little strange. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just kind of a strange decision because it's kind of I'm not quite sure what they were going for because it did have connotations of a sort of kiss or a sexual nature, but I, yeah. I don't know what what why or not. Didn't quite get that, but yeah. Um, but I, I, we we might find out more about that. Oh, we could in be, the future. Uh, about this could be like sucking the life force from her. you know we don't know it could be but I, I think i i mean i, I think we kind of what i what i thought was because this was the episode the episode was just called infected this is the episode where they just talked a bunch about you know here on top of mm-hmm. along with all the general story moving on they did they did a bunch of exposition about here's what it is here's how it works here's why you need to be scared of it what i kind of took it to mean was she was not quite frozen in fear so much as she was having an internal consciousness battle trying to not trying to run and mm. flick lighter but the mushroom part of her brain was like no you want to you want to kiss this monster man and and he in his hive mind nature could sense that she was half there and so he gave his little gross little crest out of his mouth his little gross little arm mouth <laughs> uh, uh, to get her all the way but uh yeah very odd very, uh, uh, an interesting decision um but yeah, no, I'm I'm really enjoying it, and it seems it's got renewed for season two uh, uh, this week. Which it's funny. I feel like these days a lot of the streaming shows, especially, I feel like they just like announce season two like straight away. Do you know what I mean? There's been a lot of uh, is part of the pre-release news cycle. They're like, and it, this Netflix show has two seasons already. You know, um, but yeah, it seems like it's doing gangbusters for HBO. So um, we will uh, we'll reconvene next week. See see where we go from here. Um, yeah. Um, Oh, excuse me. Uh, we will stay on the tangent of video games and go into Game Guff here. I have an email. You have an email? What? Uh, I kept it secret earlier on. <laughs> uh, it's from Stephen. Subject GoldenEye re release. Oh, why? Oh, why? So we got a take here. He says, Hi, Paul. So this week saw the long awaited re release of GoldenEye 007 on the Switch and Xbox. And I wanted mm. to hear your thoughts. Well, you're going to hear our thoughts in a minute. He says, in the last few days, I've played the game both on the original hardware and on Ooh. the Switch. So you got a, a good little take here. I will say, I, I've i played it on the Xbox and the Switch. I have not played wow. the original hardware. I, I obviously, I've played the, the original yeah. version. And I've played the original version in, in the last 12 months, but I haven't played it recently 
to compare it directly to these. Anyway, Stephen continues. I always had thought that the original control scheme worked well at the time, and up until recently, I struggled with many f- modern FPS because I do I don't love the two stick controls. That's interesting. That's definitely a minority. Yeah, thing, yeah. yeah it was a good- but um, going back to it after several years, the left stick control and the trigger being left handed feels really odd now. This is carried over to the Switch version, which doesn't allow you to change controls or map it in a way that would mimic the two-stick system. Uh, Secondly, I realized that I can't remember how to do loads of the objectives in the game, and I think this is because while I completed it on all difficulties on the N64 as a child, my God. Jesus, fair play. Why are are children so good at games? Uh, The game's real value was as a multiplayer offering, and I likely spent more time playing split-screen with friends than the campaign. That's fair. Excuse me. Finally, I think the game system of having the three difficulty levels and extra objectives involved at the higher difficulties gave, gives the game a really good learning curve. And it's something that uh, seems somewhat, somewhat surprising to me that it didn't hugely catch on. Visual-wise, the original looks worse than I remember, but then I mainly played it on a 14-inch CRT as a child rather mm. than a 50-inch HDTV. Right. Uh, with the Switch and handheld, it looks fine. On the big screen, slightly better. I think this is mainly due to the HDMI input and letterboxing. I know you've been playing the Xbox version, that's correct, and I've done so with the likes of Banjo-Kazooie as well, correct, which was uh, given some great quality of life upgrades for Xbox compared to Switch Online. Yes, I'll be talking about that in a second. So at this stage, do you think Switch Online expansion is worth it? As a non-Xbox owner, I'd say yes, but overall it seems to fall uh, quite a bit behind the Game Pass offering. Cheers, Stephen. Yeah, so let me do a little bit of of comparison here. Yeah, so you've I've, played I've, the two, so I'll, I've okay, played, I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> Um, so, so you've played both Barry as well, Xbox and Switch. No, no, or I, I don't have Switch Online. I've played the Xbox version. Ah, just the Xbox. Okay. So, uh, I, it's funny because obviously, gold getting GoldenEye 007 out on modern systems has been uh, video gaming white whale for the last right twenty five years, let's say. Okay. And caught up in rights issues obviously the game was developed by rare published by nintendo mm-hmm. uh james bond rights obviously owned by eon rare then sold to microsoft mm-hmm. so you got a lot of a lot of chefs in the kitchen a lot of a lot of people claiming some kind of ownership over the game the fact that these were released at all is, is some kind of miracle um so presumably there's been some sort of um compromise made in regards to who who can have what anyway let's talk about the switch one first so in line with the nintendo 64 offerings through the nintendo switch online it's 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 just the n64 version on the switch none of those and okay there's been there's been some little little things that they messed around with there was a story out with like zelda that they the fog settings weren't correct and so on but in in for all intents and purposes these are not remasters they're not remakes they're just n64 ports in the same way as you can play the nes and super nintendo games uh they are just the game they're just the game and so with that comes the pratfalls of that they also released a a wireless n64 controller that you can play Mm -hmm. but means that all these n64 games use the original control scheme and so they've tried as best to replicate that on a modern controller and as we know anyone who's dabbled in emulation in any meaningful way 
in, in the last 20 years knows that of all the controllers in all video game history, the N64 one is one that does not translate well to the modern standard. No, absolutely. And so with GoldenEye, because it's a port, you still have the different controller options. Like you can, st- <laughs> I don't know how you do it on a Switch, but you can still play with like the two controllers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might recall that was a workaround back uh, then. Yeah, yeah. But there's still nothing that, to Stephen's point, accurately represents a modern feeling control scheme. So the left stick is move forward and back, but it's also turn. It's not strafe left and right, which is also the, weirdly, I don't know why it's this way, but that's also the the control scheme for Metroid Prime on the GameCube, a system that did have two sticks. Uh, it It didn't use the modern standard for that. The left stick is used for like selecting weapons. You move with the, the left stick. Um, so Goldeneye controls on the Switch uh, like utter dog shit. Um, I will say though, it performs better than the Xbox version for some reason. Frame weight, yeah. frame weight is a lot more stable. Uh, I've noticed with the Xbox One, I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of visual artifacting like yes. blue lines yes. around like rock uh faces and stuff like that and yeah just generally a, a kind of inconsistent frame rate a little bit of slow a lot of slowdown whereas the switch version performs almost perfectly it almost like uh, i i haven't looked this up to confirm but it almost feels like it's running at 60 it's FPS. it's not but it so they're both 30 but i think it feels a lot more smooth on it's the, it's on a, the, it's it's it's, it's so they're both 30, which is a little bit of a bummer. This is a 25-year-old game. Both, even the humble, even the little old Switch would technically be capable of running it at 60. But there's, the, the, the developer was basically kind of like, it's just, it's it's the video game ROM. It is the ROM yeah. of, of GoldenEye. So honest, so basically the, the short version seems to be that they're both running at 30, but uh, the Xbox version being upscaled to being rendered at 4k is causing like it's it's not like terrible chunky frame rate but it, it's like it's, it's a, noticeable it's an it's a noticeable um uh, uh frame pacing issue as i think i think the way yeah. they would describe it and yeah there's this weird again and i think it's 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 a pretty tough thing to to fix it might just be the way the game is but rendering it at 4k means the jagged edges of a polygon are are where we're say they've made a, a hill there's a seam and it's really noticeable. And I'm, I was playing yeah. it on the big telly, and I was like, oh, fucking, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look great it. at all. Um, so it's kind of like, we're not going to do, we're not going to do, here's the port you should play. Because I think the sad story of this, of this much anticipated release is that they're both pretty compromised and come with a lot of asterisks uh, on them, unfortunately. I'll still give you my answer at the end. Okay. okay. You're, 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 you're dead on with that. Um, so, so yeah, it seems like, uh, um, the, the switch version, as Paul was saying, is just, is just the N64 version. It's, it's, um, it's letterbox, 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 rather, I should say. Yeah, it's, it's pillarbox. It, it, but it, but it runs great. It runs great. Uh, it has the online multiplayer insofar as you can play with your friends online. Whereas the Xbox one does not have that option. Does not have that at all. Purely local multiplayer. Um, but yeah. That's kind of where the, the advantages end on the Switch side. And ultimately, for me, the deal breaker or the deal maker is is the fact that the Xbox One is, like, playable from a control point of view. Yeah. Uh, and not only insofar as you, you move with the left stick forward and back, you, you, you turn with the right stick, and that feels natural and it works. 
you know, right trigger to shoot, whereas on the Switch, it's left trigger. Go figure. Why they didn't map Z to both triggers, I don't know. Um, left and right bumpers to toggle through your guns. X to reload. A for action. B for crouch. Like it's, it, it all feels completely natural. You're never for a second thinking, what's the button mapping for this action? It, yeah. it just compl- totally works. I'll say as well, it feels like they've dialed down on the xbox version the aim assist that was yes. had to be present in this in the n64 version because the movement was so limited mm-hmm. it's still an option in the settings if you go into the settings you'll still see it there but it feels much less generous on the xbox version so you, a lot more agency is on the player to shoot people and be good at it which is i think was a good decision because it feels great i love the xbox controller i am murdering this game with the xbox controller i even with the aim assist down it's like you can just blitz through this thing because this is a game designed with its janky original controller in mind and you yes. come in you come in with your halo controls right stick <laughs> the, the, the con it was but a twinkle in a developer's eye the concept of a second analog stick that you could aim with and i'm just headshotting every fucker in this game from a yeah. mile away the, the uh, but also the aiming is, is is improved as well because in the n64 version aiming First of all, the, the Y-axis was inverted, which is not on the Xbox version. So to aim up on the Switch version, you press down on the stick. Right. Um, but also, it was very floaty. I don't remember if, if, if you've played Goldeneye recently, but I the have. aiming was not precise. You would aim, and you would go towards the head, and it would have a little like extra lag, and it would float. Or, it, very hard to get accurate aiming. That's fixed on the Xbox version. So Xbox version to play. Okay, it has the issues we mentioned, but playing it is not... Uh, a completely arduous task you know on a foundation level and that's why the xbox version is the version to play because you simply can play it and it feels like you're playing a game where the controls were not designed by uh, a dog or you know um someone similarly incapable of of designing a video game um it looks i i I think the widescreen looks fantastic Mm -hmm. it's a shame it doesn't run at 60 fps because i know that microsoft have done that for a lot of their back catalog on game pass a lot of the xbox 360 games for example got 60 frame per second boosts yeah we nice see that come to goldeneye eventually um and yeah i mean i love the I love the setup of the uh, the difficulties. So first of all, the different difficulties, they do, obviously, enemies take more damage. They do more damage to you. You don't pick up as much ammo. There's no health packs on the top difficulty, for example, the, uh, the, the health jacket or whatever it is, bulletproof jacket. And obviously, you have more objectives. And so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm playing each level on double O agent difficulty, which is the top difficulty, and trying to get the cheat unlocked on every level as well, yes. which requires you to beat it within a certain amount of time. So I've done the first two levels on Double O Agent. I haven't quite, I didn't get to cheat from the facility level yet. I haven't got that far because a lot of it is learning your route and figuring out what works for you to get to point A, B, C in a certain amount of time. <clears throat> the other thing as well is that the levels are not big. The levels are very, very small. Very short, yeah. And so... There's no requirement to have checkpointing or anything because you get through a level in five minutes anyway. <laughs> the top difficulty, you beat in five minutes. So it's just about, you know, your target, I think for facility is doing it in double O agent in 240 or something. You just have to speed speed run your way through it basically and just not get killed 
Because in double O agent, you take a lot of damage if you get shot. Whereas in agent, you're a tank basically who's incapable to be killed. Um, but I love the extra the extra um, objectives because unlike Steven, I've never finished the game on double O agent mode. Uh, so it's exciting for me to. I'm basically there's some objectives I've never done, so I'm playing them for the first time, um, which is which is nice and fun. They're pretty. They're pretty tough, if I recall correctly. Um, some of them, and and tough in that kind of 1997 way where sometimes it's like uh, recongrambulate the satellite, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it, there's no health. You no, just there's figure no. It out. And, it, and I kind of. I mean, that's one of the things I wouldn't have wanted them to add because it's the perfect dark remaster which i actually played it was one of the first things i played my shiny new xbox as i downloaded that uh, that perfect dark same same thing of kind of like this is really fun but i'm like wait what insert the key in the in the in the computer satellite truck was go where (laughs) yeah exactly um but yeah so it's funny you you mentioned that you were saying that have you played um uh goldeneye recently and I, i i played a bit of it a couple of weeks ago uh, on Steam Deck, and the exact issue you're running into, there's no, there's all kinds in the emulation world. There's all kinds of hacks and cheats, and get this game in widescreen and 60 frames a second. Blah blah. There, to uh, to my knowledge, there is no readily available. Here's how you make the N64 controller work better because it's basically you're mapping every button from that controller onto a modern button. So there's no press here to split it across two sticks option that just does not exist. It's you assign the the n64 stick to your left stick and that's it and so you can you can try your best to map every other button in the most intuitive way possible but you you can't force those uh modern controls onto it so yeah, yeah booting up that xbox version after having recently played the original or quote unquote the original version i was like this it, it does legitimately feel amazing and i have tons of reservations about the xbox version like i said outside of the the, the tearing and, and the minor frame rate issues there's also the fact that like it's like it's it is just a rom of that game the text looks horrible it does it, yeah, the text yeah. looks horrible the first thing you screen the first thing screen you see great nostalgia for it is that like fake bbfc age rating thing where it says suitable for up to four players oh, oh, oh very good <laughs> um but that screen looks like dog shit man on yeah, it, 4k it's, it's, tv it, it looks it's horrible like, it, it's not even 144p no it's horrible it's like so, no mercy titantron it, it's exactly like that it is i mean it's like so so that looks bad and then you get into the actual game and it does have that sharpness of okay this is a game that's actually natively being rendered at this high resolution that's great but every texture looks horrible every like it's all just blurry gray this is the side of a mountain blurry green this is the side of a truck it all looks dreadful the guns look bad they like didn't do like they didn't like do a pass on the audio again because i guess they couldn't because it's it's just a rom of the original game like they didn't they didn't go you know it's 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 the the audio the music is phenomenal obviously the gun sound one, one of the all-time great absolutely if, if someone said it was number one i wouldn't even argue with the funny thing is you, you go watch you could go watch the movie and be like where's all the fucking where's all the great music yeah <laughs> but even like the gun sound effects are great and so i'm i'm i'm, I'm playing i'm like oh god this i love the the first snow level oh my god that song is so good but it's like but they haven't done like an even basic pass on this to to make it modern you know and and you know i i don't want to be a tinfoil hat guy but i i 100 subscribe to the idea that they um uh this game was in licensing hell for years because nintendo and microsoft couldn't get thing and the happiest medium they came out with was that 
these games cannot be the it has to release on both systems and with extremely limited exceptions like the multiplayer and the control scheme one of them cannot noticeably be significantly better than the other it has to just be a rom of the original well, game yeah even even from the music point of view there might be other legal reasonings why that can't be trifled with at this point as well we possibly yeah composers and things like that but it's like it, because it's just like the the thing and people are you know poo-pooing that idea and saying no you know maybe it's just maybe they just couldn't do it it's like they remade this game from scratch 10 years ago and had to pull it yeah. from release about a month before it was supposed to come out because of whatever what the rumor goes that nintendo says whoa buddy you've done what you've done what <laughs> no you can't do that and so and then it, it was at the beginning of covid i think that 360 least, version of golden yeah, i leaked out i, I played it yeah i i haven't played it but i've, I've watched videos of it and it's like oh new textures remastered so it's like it's not like one of these like i think it's final fantasy 8 situation where square we're like we lost it we don't have all we don't have the original masters we we lost it so when we put that game out and it's just a rom running on a modern device they're like we don't have it rare doesn't have that excuse like we know like they have that stuff they they have the files do you know what i mean but it's possibly some fitting for the last 10 or 15 years of negotiation it's probably some shitty legal gray area bullshit reason that it has to look like this um you know, it's also to to cut a bit of slack. It's also on Game Pass and Switch Online subscription service. So yeah, it's free. Like. It's free, so it's not ideal. It's far from ideal, I would say, but it's also cost me nothing. So I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna begrudge it too much. But it's a. No, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's GoldenEye. You get your GoldenEye fix. Yeah, yeah. We, we never thought we'd get it. It's a it's a compromised version, but the alternative was you don't have it. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, and it, and and it's it's important to remember that ninety eight percent of people who play video games are never going to download an emulator once. They're not going to bother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean so, that's the other thing is the historical significance of this. Yes, having having a version of this iconic game on a modern storefront. When you consider like like Final Fan, forget the remake. The original Final Fantasy Seven is on every storefront. It's on it's on phones. It you know and. An equally iconic game from that same era is not until now, you know. So you have original, to take that. The original console shooter, yes, um, deathmatch uh, shooter. So, so um, it is. It is worth um, uh, worth noting that. I will very quickly because we're going along here. I'll run through the other games I played. Played through Time Splitters One, fitting for the <laughs> Golden Age. Speaking yeah. of the of the legacy of the team, Fair that enough. is a video game that if they were releasing it today, it would be on early access on Steam. It is a really cool foundation of a shooting game with like a bunch of cobbled together corridor levels that are not especially fun to play through um tacked on uh it's 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 i can kind of see why time splitters 2 is regarded as this legendary game golden eye successor and i'm like but why, why, why does no one ever talk about time splitters 1 i was like because it's i don't want to be harsh to say it's like a demo but it's it's not much of an actual game unfortunately uh so um I, I i played through all of that on stream and i was i was also absolutely dire at it as well um yeah. well. time spares 2 is is uh, let, let's let's not let's let's say it out loud right is 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 the the better game than goldeneye perfect dark time i mean i wouldn't is i wouldn't dispute that because i'm one of the all time great console shooters because even even playing one and thinking it's not that great i'm like okay but the basic feel of this is really good two you know? is 
I can't wait. It's live this coming Thursday. I'll be playing that on Twitch. So you can watch. Me I've never played Future Perfect. I definitely need to get to that. So I'm very. I don't know why, but that's the one I have played. I I, I think it was just because I didn't have a PS2 for years, and then that was the one that was. Well, so out you've, when I got you've one. not played two. No? I've not played two. I'm playing two for the first time on Twitch. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, you you, lo- you loved level one of Time Spirits Two is uh, is an homage to Goldeneye. Excellent. I can't wait. Um, yeah, you, I, I, I you, really quick. It's a proper, that's a bucket list one. Like, let's play this this whole game. It's 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 tremendous. And it has a, the best multiplayer I've possibly ever played. It has so many modes, so many characters. Oh, Times Bears 2 is a, an absolute gem. I want to I wanna do some of that as well because I've had I've had friends over recently since I got the Steam Deck and, and they're obviously like blown away. I'm, I'm showing them this menu of like, pick your pick your favorite PS2 game. Let's play some fucking Def Jam. Let's play some FIFA Street. And and I'm like, and now once I played the single player, I'm like, now let's play Times Bears 2 because I yeah. missed I missed this generational talking point of playing of playing time splitters too so uh, i'm gonna get my 30 year old friends over to redo it you turn off all weapons and you play flame tag or virus so basically you just play chasing in the excellent game. you run around the level and one person's on fire and they're running after people it's great um uh, is, uh on in my continued uh, uh tinkering with the with, with the steam deck i started i started playing stranglehold did you ever play stranglehold on the 360 back in the day this is the sequel to hard-boiled this was john woo getting into video games with chow yun right, i remember when this came out yeah. and it's a it's a kind of a faux max Payne slow-mo dive yeah, uh 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 running through a level with two pistols all you do is shoot it is a it is it's what we call back in the day a shooting game it's a game where you fucking run through a level and you shoot everybody it's really fucking good it's it's got all the john woo bullshit in it it's non-stop bullet time it's running up it's it's sliding down railways uh, a stair uh, stairway railings with two pistols shooting everyone in slow motion it's very basic but it does that stuff so well that it's it's fantastic that's a proper cult classic that was dying days of midway they spent 10 bajillion dollars on it because it's a movie tie-in game that john woo uh, uh worked on as they were already losing a shit ton of money um but yeah it was uh two dollars and fifty pence uh on the old uh good old games.com and i'm sure you can run it on a potato these days um (laughs) so i would give that a look uh speaking of running on on a potato i'm playing like max Payne one for like the 50th time i i I just kind of had a a hankering to play that it was also like two quid in a recent steam sale so i got all three of the max Payne games um uh bit of a bit of a hop skip and a jump to get it working and not just because of, uh, it's on the steam deck like i was reading reddit threads like there was people saying how do i play this game on my ray tracing three seventy five thousand dollar pc and people were struggling with it and like emailing amd and they came back and said it's 20 years old we don't know how to make that work there was a, some community i had to download like some file that like swat some some community fix thing that i had to do but that was that was a real case of i had to deep dive on some reddit threads get some files go into the game files and tweak things and pull them out but uh max Payne is still very charming um it's so like it lays its noiry stuff on so fucking thick but it's very funny in doing so um i've great time for that game which is why i've i've played it through so many times and then the last thing i played is paul did you see this uh hi-fi rush uh, i saw you reacting to the trailer and i laughed yes so it, it had a very cringy trailer during the xbox e3 thing um it's from you're probably wondering how i got here 
it the trailer was very obnoxious because it was like it's it's a it's a anime looking beautifully animated uh character action game with a music rhythm tie, uh, tie-in mechanic and the the humor in the trailer was very obnoxious and so i was laughing at it but it's on game pass so i gave it a look and it's from the folks who made Evil Within 1 and 2, which I do really like. And I said I'd give it a go. And it's really fun. It's really, really cool. I, I would say add it to the queue if you are a Game Pass man. Um, yeah, so it's like a, you know, like a Devil May Cry style uh, third-person mm. action game. But there's a soundtrack playing constantly in the background. And you can get combat bonuses by timing your attacks to the music. And they've done it in such a way where it's not like, oh, it does no damage if you don't do that. It's It's kind of... If you get it on the beat, you get bonuses, and they 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 put in a bunch of visual cues. So I'm I'm terrible at rhythm games. Like it, like 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 I I could not. I I don't think I'd be very good at this without the visual cues. So they they have designed it with that in mind. If you're like me and you've no rhythm, but um, it's very cool. I've only played the first like forty minutes hour of it, but it, it seems it really looks nice. great. The visuals are unbelievable. It's straight away like I know it's going to be a top contender for like the best looking game of of, of the year. Um, yeah. yeah, unlike Goldeneye, that's a great one on the big telly uh, to get that. So uh, Hi-Fi Rush, that's on that's on Game Pass. So uh, enjoy yeah. that. And uh, with video games in the rear view, we will um, we will segue over to music. Guff, um, I'll, I'll throw a plus one on on Honey Dijon from last week after Joe's nice. review. I, I gave that a listen on the on the morning commute this week, and I thought it was great. Really loved it. Uh, um, so I, I will co-sign Joe's thumbs up on that one. Joe, do you have an album of the week for us this week? I do. Uh, album of the week continues with uh, Bubblegum by Big Pig. So that's B double I. <laughs> B B double I G P double I G. So Isn't that the um, FTR's finish? No, the big. I this was another Spotify kind of recent release random selection. Had no idea what yeah. it was. I just saw it and went for it. Checked out the Wikipedia page. It d- turns out that Big Pig, the the name of the artist, uh, it says on the Wikipedia page that she's an Irish rapper uh, born in Cork. Okay, Ooh, so okay. I, I was I was getting I was did not know what to expect. I was getting flashbacks to to Spiral in Big Brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> however, on, on further on further reading, she actually uh, left Spain, left Ireland at the age of four to move to Spain, and then moved to London at fourteen. So she uh, she doesn't have a Cork accent. It's not her rapping in a Cork accent, and also mm. it's not really rap as, as far as I'm concerned. She kind of does that thing where. People aren't quite rapping or singing. They're kind of talking in a very, right. you know, melodical way. Um, so the first thing to say, a very short album is seven tracks, 18 minutes long. So I've I've listened to this album quite a, <laughs> quite a few times this week because I get through it three times an hour. So I probably listened to it like 20 times this week. Um, it's not my typical kind of thing because it's quite sort of slow tempo laid back kind of um lo-fi chill i don't know what you want to call mm. it but very, very kind of relaxed not sort of thing i'm very usually very kind of high tempo like like whether it's rap or dance or whatever so not not the kind of thing i usually like and i think on first listen it kind of felt very generic or very bland to me i don't know if you've ever come across this but sometimes on youtube you'll see these like seven hour long videos where it says like lo-fi chill beats for study study and work (laughs) yeah and it's just like background music listen to it kind of felt like that at first 
But I would say the more I listened to it, um, the more I did in, did start to enjoy it. Um, there's two two tracks on there which do have a little bit more kind of oomph to them. One is, I think, I remember it's called Gasoline or Kerosene, but the, the lyric and the title are, are both mentioned. Um, that's, that's pretty good, and that's the first single from the album. And there's also one called uh, Ghosting, um, which is pretty good and has a Spanish singer kind of come in at, at one point, which... Um, was was kind of nice, so I, I I enjoyed it. It's not not really my thing. I probably wouldn't listen to it again, even though I do think it's quite good. It's probably the sort of thing you'd hear in like a slightly upscale boot clothing boutique. You know what I mean? They're not playing anything too like right. intense. It's just a sort of very chilled out sound. Um, I'll I'll just quickly read you a bit from the Guardian review. So. Uh, like a less pompy, more R and B leaning jockstrap release, this is off kilter but glossy music, all topped with Smith, at Big Pigs, beguilingly delicate vocal and candid lyrics about chasing highs. Uh, the production is immaculate, flitting unpredictably between dreamlike breeziness and a club facing cacophony. Though Bubblegum is brief at seven songs, Big Pig's sound brims with poise and promise. Um, so that's what the Guardian thinks. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I would have summed it up in the same way. But yeah, if you like, if you want something a bit chilled out, if you're a hangover, or if you just just need something a bit more relaxing, or if you're opening your own boutique, check out the album. It was. It, it was. It was good, even though it's not my kind of thing. I thought it. Was mm. right. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give this a look. Yeah, this seems it, like it's 18 minutes. You know. You could, while we're doing a film review, you could probably fit it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could listen to that three times during the GoldenEye conversation there. Exactly. Um, so, uh, pretty good. So, yeah, I'll have another um, mystery album next week. I'm thinking maybe dipping into the archives next week, going for something okay. older rather than a new release. So I'm going to find find something but, interesting. Uh, the Best of the Eagles. The Best of the Eagles, yeah. Good the one. Best of the Beatles. I listened to a new release as well. It was by an artist you might have heard of called Honey Dijon. Oh, oh really? <laughs> uh, Black Girl Magic. I yes. yes. Um, right off the back of Joe's recommendation last week, he likened it to something you might hear on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, as you might know, that's the show that I enjoy. Mm. And actually, I really enjoy RuPaul's music, which mm. kind of, I wouldn't say is house music, but kind of dips into that from time to time. It's more right. like classic dancey. Um, yes, I mean, it is, it's, it, if there was a, a, a um, an adjective to give this record, it would be it, it's like high camp, I guess. It's very camp, very gay, yeah. very. It, it it made me want to put my my left hand on my hip, hold out my purse on my other hand, and just, <laughs> just strut, strut down the catwalk. Do you know what I mean? Woo. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's very very uh, over the top in that regard. It's got pulsing beats behind it. Um. I, I will say, uh, to, uh, I think you made this point last week, Joe, mm. is that with house music, there's a tendency to for the tracks to kind of blend together. And that's kind of the, the goal yeah, in a yeah. sense, right? But um, this is also, is is unlike Big Pig, is not a particularly short album. No. So by the last couple of handful of tracks, there was a little bit of burn burnout, let's say, on yeah. so much of a good thing, so much of the same thing. But um, some of the tracks I thought were really fun, in in how aggressively camp they were i think there was one that's like uh drama i think was my favorite track mm. on the album very very fun um i like some of the 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 bass 
yeah. popping on the songs along to the drum beats were, were really fun. A lot of good synth work on there as well. Um, yeah, I thought it was very, very enjoyable. Um, again, I, I, unlike Joe, I'm, I'm really not someone who listens to a lot of house. Mm-hmm. So I would say for for me, I would probably have enjoyed it to maybe have been 10 minutes shorter. But yeah. of what I heard, I, I really enjoyed the first half, especially of the album, when when it was still fresh and new to mm. me and exciting. Mm. And then by the latter half, there was a little bit of, okay, I'm enjoying this, but let's, unless we're going to do something different, let's let's maybe start to wrap it up a little mm. bit here. Yeah. And actually, the last track is kind of significant. That's like the longest track of the album. It's maybe mm. six or seven minutes long. The last track is, 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 is kind of different. So it does change it up at the end. But... um. Overall, I thought it was I thought it was very, very enjoyable. Um, certainly, I think you're you're on the ball in terms of it, it, pr- probably I have heard on RuPaul's Drag Race before. <laughs> Maybe that's why I, why yeah. I enjoy it. It's it, yeah, it's very of that. In fact, I mean, I I would I would be surprised then if you wouldn't actually listen to some of RuPaul's music and get some yeah. of the same kind of enjoyment from I probably it. Probably would enjoy that. Um, yeah, and actually, because I, I, I was out walking in the park as I was listening to Honey Dijon, and I did directly transition from Honey Dijon to RuPaul. Stuck on my Ru- This Is RuPaul playlist on uh, <laughs> on Spotify and was was strutting along through the park, shaking my hips as wide as they would go. Uh, and also, I listened to another hymn album. So I actually, I had, as I said last week, I have converted myself into a hymn fan. I listened to their third album, which is called Deep Shadows and Brilliant Highlights. And it was, again, very, very good. So mm. they're a band that uh, they've already disassembled. So I'm late to the party, but I'm quite enjoying their stuff. So there you go. Alrighty, that's another uh, another good edition of Music Off There, an album of the week. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Beefy show this week. Plenty to get you through your uh, Monday. That's why they call me the tribal beef. Acknowledge me. Okay. Also, I got that medial ass. <laughs> oh, see, I thought that's where I thought that's where I thought that's where uh, you were going to begin with. To be honest. Um, anyway, we will be back next week with more albums uh, for everyone. More beef. More beef. Um, more beef Wellington. Uh, you know, all the usual fun and games. We'll probably have a Golden Eye update, another Last of Us episode to chit-chat about, and of course, more wrestling. The wrestling world never stops. Never, ever, ever. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good rest of your week. And if you want to go to chairshoppodcast.com or pop us an email, you can ask us a question. You can weigh in on the gaming guff like we had this week. You can send us a quiz. You can send us a question. You can send us a wrestling take. Maybe we'll agree with it. Maybe we'll make fun of it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you very much to my co-hosts, uh, Paul. Um, you're welcome, Barry. And thank you to Joe. Thank you very much. We'll talk Bye. to you all next week, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>